Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! What is up? What has happened? We are back again for a special show. It, no, it is not Thursday because Thursday is Thanksgiving. But we are here to talk about Thursday, and that is the our annual traditional Thanksgiving slate breakdown. We are super excited once again to be bringing this to you. We got Maddie 2v2, Maddie Buckets, as Ryan would say. And joining us, it's just like family again. Family's back. The trio is back. The Wolfpack is back. Ryan is back with us again, TFA OG, the man that was on Devontae Adams before. It was cool. True. You know, but he was also on Mike Lennon, but that's another story for a different day. <laughs> I can't but, put this I can't put this Walido donation up because it covers Ryan's entire face. I love it. I love it. Anything for Walido, though. Let's go. Get after Walido it. Walido coming the, in with the super his chat. avatar is the best. With uh, the, with the emojis. With the emojis. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon <laughs> Cook, awesome. DeAndre Swift. Shout well, out, Walido. Yeah. We appreciate you, homie. Yes, very much so. So, Ryan, Maddie, how yeah. we doing? How we living? We living. We living good, man. I mean, this is a tradition unlike any other. Um, I think we talked about that the last time we were on. It's a Thanksgiving slate, man. Happy and grateful to be on with the TFA family, the DJ Nation family, uh, the home away from home, as I like to call it. And uh, excited here, man. I mean, I feel I feel welcome in, in the home. Look at this with the overlay going. I mean, the boys hooked it up today. So we got a three game slate that we're going to probably take two hours to talk about, as we usually do um, with the three amigos. And uh, we definitely got to make sure that we have time for, you know, your Kev's favorite segment, the Thanksgiving dishes that we're looking forward to, the, the prep that goes into everything leading up to the slate lock. And of course, we got my bears on the slate as well. So uh, lots of lots of unpack here on the on the DJ Nation pod for the Thanksgiving slate. Maddie, how you doing? 
I'm doing good, man. I'm ready to eat some food and uh, hopefully turn around this this cold streak of a season we got going on here for me, uh, myself. Uh, I know it's been, you know, rough for a lot of people uh, across multiple weeks, but uh, man, I, I've never experienced a cold streak like this. So I'm, I'm hoping the Thanksgiving slate turns that around. Uh, usually, usually the Thanksgiving slate is good to us. You know, Dan Arnold was born on this show. Uh, no matter what anybody tells you, uh, about they were the first ones to discover Dan Arnold. That is incorrect. Uh, <laughs> we have the receipts the of receipts the night are... we played Dan Arnold at less than one percent ownership in primetime game. Was it Falcon Saints? Falcon um, Saints. Yep. yep. And I, I think he even caught a touchdown that game. So uh, we we were going absolutely nuts when that when that when he was getting uh, the pass game involvement early in the game. Like we were, our chat was going nuts. So. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe we can come up with another play like that, uh, on this slate. So no, but happy, happy to chop, chop it up with both you guys. Uh, Ryan, it's, it's good to have you back. Uh, you know, me and Kevin get a little lonely at times and, uh, you I know, sometimes imagine. I, sometimes I need help putting Kevin in his place. So, uh, um, good to have you back. That's what, that's what we're here for, man. And don't forget about Antonio Gibson last year too. I mean, you know, not, not quite the Dan Arnold play, but he was like the ultimate leverage play yeah. off of massive Zeke ownership in that late game, which was absolutely incredible to have. Um, so I know we had we had some goodness happening last year in the chat, uh, which I know is now Discord. But last year was Slack. Slack was lit. Um, and it's always fun when you can start early, too, with the Deshaun Watson stacks in Houston uh, in that early game. So hopefully we can get on some plays early and talk about some pivots that uh, could be interesting, could be interesting as we get news throughout the day, which it's looking like this is going to be one of the biggest Thanksgiving mm-hmm. news breaking slates that we've had, I think, probably doing the show ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, for those of you that are listening on on podcast version, uh, you guys can't see Ryan's FanDuel uh, signage he has up behind him, <laughs> but Ryan's going to pretty much take us through the FanDuel slate, uh, which is probably a first for this podcast, but that's that's his new home now. And uh, he's going to walk us through the FanDuel pricing and, and kind of talk to us about, you know, the difference in scoring over at FanDuel compared to DraftKings. So uh, yeah. definitely going to be a little bit longer of a pod uh, for that reason, but uh, definitely happy to have Ryan here to do that for us. Come on, don't throw that shade out there. It's going to be a long part regardless. It is. It is. This is always, it always is. No, I'll just, always, I'll just we talk about all the time. This is always the longest <laughs> show ever. And it makes us, no damn sense because it's a three game slate, but we, we somehow make it last two or three hours every single time we go through this thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Sure, but, sure. you know, I, I am contractually obligated to not say anything negative about FanDuel. So there'll be no negative uh, in, the, in the chat or on the show about FanDuel. FanDuel is awesome. We love FanDuel here, <laughs> and uh, it even, is, we even have it on our own site. So FanDuel <laughs> is great. So um, I love it. I love it. Chat's lit right now. Too, Ryan, so. you, I see you've got a Bears pullover on. You uh, you think the Nagy? You think that that's hearsay, or you think it's legit? No, I think the it's, Nagy rumors. I, I I think there's merit to it. Um, I would be. We're talking about a hundred plus years of Bears history where they have not done an in-season firing. Um, this is a year unlike any other. Um, so you know, not never say never, but you know, it is interesting that you have. I mean, the Nagy Boo chants are getting out of hand here. Um, 
in Chicago. You also had Virginia McCaskey in the stands for that game last week. Um, heartbreaking loss, you know, hearing that firsthand. Um, it's it's going to be tough for him to, to make it through. It's going to be interesting to see how the team kind of responds. I know we've kind of talked about that in our in our side chat, just about how to how to take what's going on there, you know, in a, in a micro level as we will go through the slate and it's only a three gamer. So it's not like we can really write off this game. It's the first game on the slate, but um, yeah, as far as Nagy goes, I mean, he's gone at the end of the season for sure. Um, there's no way that they can bring him back in the current state. And I just think that, yeah, I mean, you're talking about going into the uh, bye week after Thanksgiving. Um, so, you know, by December 5th, he might not be coaching for the Arizona game. It sort of feels like that they didn't want that information to get out like that. that Definitely that, not. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, because I mean, that gets out, you know, now everybody's asking him about it. Now he's else. denying it. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm assuming he probably didn't have any idea. It was probably something internal that they were planning on doing. I'm sure he knew the writing was on the wall and that it was coming, which it should. He's a terrible head coach. I'm sorry. Uh, and I, they, they did yeah. my man dirty, too, by at the, his, his own son high school football game. Out there, like, <laughs> right. cheating, Nagy sucks, uh, or fire <laughs> Nagy, or whatever it was. That's pretty brutal. Uh, there, you know, but regardless of That's that, crazy. Uh, yeah. So, you know, the Bears, uh, you know, and actually, uh, I think this is a good segue to start this off because I'm gonna play some Andy Dalton this week. Um, oh, Jesus, you too, you on yeah. this too, you and yeah. D, you and D, bro. Hey, y'all are riding the pain train together. Yeah, fifty five hundred. He he's going to carry no ownership. Um, you know he's a capable quarterback. I mean he's not you know a god. He's not Josh Allen. He, you know he doesn't have that type of ceiling, but he doesn't really need it at that price tag. And I think you compare him with a lot of with a couple of his pass catchers. Uh, one that I think will be a little bit under owned and shouldn't be. And I mm-hmm. really like Andy Dalton over on DraftKings. He's fifty five hundred. So uh, you know if we look at some of the you know some of the quarterbacks, we have Josh Allen at seventy eight hundred. Dak Prescott at 69, Derek Carr at 5,900, Trevor Simeon at 5,600, Andy Dalton at 5,500. And then it sounds like Jared Goff is going to play at 5,100, but you couldn't pay me enough to play Jared Goff. Um, <laughs> he has been so bad this year. But <clears throat> so those are kind of the quarterbacks. And I think for me, I think the, the I think all, I think most of the ownership is going to go towards Josh Allen. I, I don't, there's not like a ton of guys on this slate where I feel like that it's going to make it really hard to build. Um, and I think you're going to mm-hmm. see a lot of people play Josh Allen. And I think Dak Prescott obviously will come in second, especially if CD Lamb plays. I don't think there's going to be a lot of ownership on this game. I think you'll see some one-offs of, you know, possibly a Darnell Mooney because of his price tag or DeAndre Swift. Um, you know, at the running back position. But I don't think a lot of people are really going to play a lot of, of, of this game. And I think that's a mistake. And I think um, Andy Dalton, uh, you know, I think he has 20-point upside in him. So, Yeah, I mean, he does. Um, <laughs> so, like, with with Andy Dalton, it's like, you know, what are, what, what are you hoping? Because it's a three-game slate. So, I mean – we don't have too many guys that we necessarily need to jam in, which is what would make me want to play a guy like Andy Dalton. Like, like Dak Prescott and Josh Allen could double his score at, at the quarterback position, which would really, you know, hurt 
um, you having those teams. And I and I get it. You know, he makes sense for a cheap stack. You can play Mooney. You can play Goodwin if you want. You can play Kokomet at the tight end position, which, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about as we get into these other games. But you, you're talking about they already played this team once. Uh, I think it was Justin Fields who quarterbacked that game. It wasn't Dalton um, in week four. And Dalton, before that, he wasn't – there wasn't otherworldly. I mean, this team has only put up, I think they're implied for 22 and a half points. They've only scored more than 22 points twice on the season already. They have a full week now that Dan Campbell and co have to, or I guess half the week to prepare. But unlike last week where he just comes into the game and just catch Baltimore off guard and he can hit a couple broken plays, Marquis Goodwin on a double move, you know, that's what really got him, got people excited about him and it's just like I can't I can't really justify playing him on on this slate with the other guys I mean I think as gross as it might sound the way that this defense is playing like there could be more merit to playing Jared Goff than Andy Dalton this week which I mean I I would not do but I'm just saying if you're already looking down that in that realm um I'd be more apt to do that I mean if you could talk yourself into playing Trevor Simeon at least you have the PMR um on your side with but because it's gonna it's gonna feel real you're gonna be really hurting looking at lineups where you decided to play Andy Dalton at quarterback with the other two games left if this guy only goes out and gets like 15 or 18 like 18 I think is probably where you're gonna feel good about you got out of that game with him having because it's a smash spot for Montgomery I guess which I'd say all that to bury the lead which Montgomery you know He's oh no doubt, no doubt. It's, a, our... it's a great spot for uh for montgomery for sure um yeah that, that's that's just kind of where i come in at it's like montgomery is so mispriced so mispriced on the slate oh for, for sure what, for what he's seeing and and it's just such a good matchup for him yeah that i'm just gonna try and capture the touchdown upside through him and that's i think on the three game slate that's what we want right just let's get the touchdowns and see what we can rock with i feel like that with at least with josh allen if you play him you are while you're correct that there's not a ton of pay up spots but i feel like once you play josh allen and then you're most likely you're going to pair him with Diggs. um Right, and that and that's and then, the thing. So then at running like, back, I, you kind of get into very specific type of build or specific type of path when you play right. somebody like Josh Allen, right? And don't get me wrong, like I've said, like Josh Allen's is a great play, and it's a great matchup against uh, the, the Saints secondary. Like that, that's not what I'm saying, and I'll definitely have some Josh Allen. But I feel like that Andy Dalton is different enough, and there are there are question marks. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh Allen, we have to be real. Josh Allen has looked terrible the last uh, you know two or three Definitely. weeks of the season. I mean, that offense has not looked the same. And um, so, I mean, it, that could go sideways. We have, yeah. um, you know, Dak, who two of the last three weeks has not played well. And if CeeDee Lamb doesn't play, then I think you have really some red, fa- or, you know, some red flags there with playing him, you know, because now you're looking at Cooper, you know, you're looking at Cedric Wilson and Michael Gallup, uh, you know, as, as his pass catchers and Noah Brown, you know. And so I, I think that this, this, that with Dalton, it allows you to kind of play whatever it is you want throughout the rest of it. And I, I like, I love Darnell Mooney, uh, Mr. 16 targets last week. And so, right. Um, and, and so that's just why I feel like with this slate, like it is a three game slate, but we're going to have to figure out a way to get a little bit different 
here too. And I know there's some other ways we can do that. Um, and, and maybe, you know, it is playing Josh Allen, but instead of playing Diggs, you don't play Diggs and you play Manny Sanders or G- yep. Gabriel Davis or Dawson Knox. Like there's some different ways you can do this. Cole but Beasley. I like Andy Dalton. I do think he has 300, 300 passing yard upside. I think he does have, you know, two or three touchdown upside. I think it's, it's within the realms of possibility for this team or for him. Um, and yeah. so I, I just don't hate going to him um, either. And so, because the one thing I'll say this too with David Montgomery, because I would not play them together, is David Montgomery has no pass catching upside, like zero. He has three, three targets over the last wow. uh, since he since he's come back, right? Like he has zero pass catching upside, and so that worries me a little bit with him. Um, well, to, not that to, I to be fair, Kev, you got let's 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 talk about the situation though. You're talking about Justin Fields being back there at quarterback, and you're right. He, that, that he hasn't fair. been as apt to dump it off as Andy Dalton had in the past with David Montgomery. Yeah. So so we could see that equity, you know, come back into fruition, um, especially if we don't get Damian Williams like we haven't the past couple weeks, um, and they're not running Khalil Herbert. I mean, he's seen like. 30 out of 35 of the running back touches, like since he's been back from the injury he was dealing with. So we know that he has a hold on this backfield. And if they are in a script, he's going to be out there. And I think he could definitely see some pass catching work. So, so I guess, you know, my whole point around the offense too, Kev is not to say that, like, I think Andy Dalton starting makes all of these pieces on the bears more palatable. Because we know that, you know, we've seen that he is at least competent in throwing the deep ball. And I, I mean, I love Justin Fields more than the next guy. This isn't an indictment on Fields. It's just that, you know, as a as a veteran guy, he can come in here, lead this team. That makes me love Mooney that much even more. That makes me feel confident in playing David Montgomery because I think they can have chances against this defense that's not competent. If you want to take a shot on Goodwin, I, I guess that makes sense with them. And you can get exposure to this offense without having to tie it to that quarterback um uncertainty so i do like the pieces in this game i'm just necessarily not going to going to do that and especially you know on fan duel here where we have you know Dak prescott's only a thousand dollars more than andy dalton on this slate um you can pay up just a couple more hundred to get to josh allen so i think when you're talking about touchdown equity that's where i gotta look at those two guys first what do you think manny are you playing darnold or uh uh (laughs) Let's get let's get Darnold on the slate. So something that concerns me, and I don't know. See, this is the part where the the uncertainty kind of steps in in terms of what the coaches are are going to want to do uh, with Dalton. Because I mean, last week, right, he stepped in and, and he continued to operate that that field style of passing attack where he was targeting guys deep. Because um, we didn't see that from Dalton early in the year, right? Like it was literally just dink and dunk, dink and dunk. Right. Uh, if you look at if you look at week one, Andy Dalton threw 38 times in a game they trailed to the Rams the entire game, and not a single receiver had over 43 air yards in that game. The highest a dot was seven yards, <laughs> and so it's like, what am I going to get out of Dalton? Am I going to get this this new style of of deep passing that Fields had unlocked for the Bears? Because I mean, Fields came in in his first two two or three starts. Uh, there was the Bear, three of like the Bears receivers, Mooney, Komet, and and Allen Robinson were like leading the NFL and and a dot, and mm-hmm. so it was like the, it was a completely different style of passing attack, and so I'm just is cons- that, but is 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 that 
is that just the fields that did that, or do we think that's because that Matt uh, Nagy's no longer calling the plays, and now Bill Lazor's calling the plays? That, that's what, yeah. I I guess that's <laughs> that's kind of the unknown for me. I don't, you know, right. can you confidently project it's one or the other? Because I mean, I don't know that I can. Um, and like like you guys said, David Montgomery, he's playing. He played like what ninety three percent of the snaps or ninety five percent of the snaps last week. So yeah. he's literally the only running back that's out there. Um, and he's going to be the, you know, the highest on running back on the slate. And we just saw the same style of, of roster construction this past week with AJ Dillon um, and, and the ultimate leverage that, you know, nobody ended up on was like less than 5% owned uh, across the entire passing stack on either, on either side was, was Green Bay, Minnesota. That, that mm-hmm. game broke the slate. Um, and obviously Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams and, MBS and Justin Jefferson, that is a completely different uh, realm of, of talent than Andy Dalton and Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet and TJ Hawkinson and, and DeAndre Swift. But, um, you know, if you're going to go with Andy Dalton, I just think you got to go all in and hope you get, you know, a 33 to 30 type game out of that game. Because if it's if it's low scoring, it's going to they're just going to get Mooney or I'm sorry, they're going to give Montgomery, you know, as many carries as the, as he can handle. Um, because, right. you know, like you guys said, his targets have kind of fallen off uh, this year. But, What's I mean, the... with with Dalton coming back, I do think that they will go up a little bit. Um, but, I mean, he still hasn't exceeded four targets in a game yet this year. So, I mean, that part is concerning. But we've seen, you know, we've seen him get up to 23 carries. Uh, in, in the last time they played against Detroit, it was a 24-14 to 14 game. Uh, he had 23 carries for 106 yards and zero targets. So, um, yeah. you know, I just think you need to to go with a a, a game flow. And and if you you know you want to be different and play Andy Dalton, I just think you hope that the, that that game is is the game of this of this slate. Um, and and neither defense shows up, which is very possible. I mean, both these Wait. defenses and secondaries are are atrocious, but. Um, the question is, can the offenses that are also atrocious be good enough uh, to put points on the scoreboard? So um, all of that to say, I probably won't an- end up on Andy Dalton, but I mean, it's probably the best leverage on the slate considering the fact that 80% of the, ro- the rosters are going to have David Montgomery. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen Detroit. So Detroit has been competitive pretty much all year. Like, like we keep, like every mm-hmm. week, it's like, oh, you know, the, Detroit's going to get smashed. Detroit's going to, and they don't like they keep it. And so, my, my question is, what is the probability that Detroit could come out and get up, you know, a two touchdown lead quickly, you know, in the first half over <laughs> over Chicago and, and 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 take? I mean, we're you know, I I think that's definitely in the range of possibility. And that happens now. All of a sudden, that changes things where you know David Montgomery isn't you know. Uh, you know, getting all these touches or at least, you know, these carries, maybe they use them more in the passing game, which would be a plus. But um, I think that's also in the range of possibility here. I mean, this Detroit team has not been good this year, but they have not been got. It's not like they just been getting destroyed every week. They have kept every game close. They are only a, what, three, three and a half point underdog here in in this game. Um, So it's not like that Chicago's out here at an eight, nine, 10 point, uh, you know, uh, uh, favorite here. So this very well could go in a different direction where all of a sudden, you know, if, if David Montgomery doesn't pay off here, which is possible, especially if he doesn't still continue to get utilized in the passing game, then 
you know, I think that it's just another solid leverage here because I think it's possible that that, that this uh, that the Lions could get out early. You know, Lions still have DeAndre Swift. It is. You mm-hmm. know, um, the, the the Bears have been really bad against the, uh, against the pass this year. Uh, there's actually somebody on the Terrible. other side that I really like as well. I don't think a lot of people are going to play Lions wide receivers, and I think Amon Ross St. Brown makes a lot of sense. Uh, he plays <laughs> 70% in the slot. He does only have a 14% target share in this offense. But um, Kendall, was it, Builder, uh, is fucking terrible. 70% yep. completion percentage, 541 receiving yards, five touchdowns, and 138.8 passer rating allowed. And so I like Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, on that other side, I don't know if I, I can bring myself to fully game stack this, but I do like uh, if, if I'm going to play Dalton, you know, going. I think you well, have to. I think you have to just go all in. Right. You have to. If you're playing Dalton, you have to because yes. you can build with Josh Allen as your quarterback. You can build teams that only leave one of the studs out. Like that's how soft the pricing is, at least on DraftKings. And Ryan can talk to us about FanDuel pricing, but. Uh, yep. Where where it looks like Andy Dalton's a little more expensive over there. He's he's closer in price to the Derek Cars and Dak yeah, he's Prescott, what seventy four, seventy two hundred. Yeah, yeah seventy two hundred over there on, on yeah. Fanduel, where yeah. you have Josh Allen at eighty eight hundred, Dak Prescott at eighty two hundred, yeah. seventy four hundred right. for Derek Carr. Yeah, so at least yeah. uh, Ryan, you can talk about Fanduel builds, but I mean, I've played around myself with some DraftKings builds, and it is very easy to fit in Diggs, Montgomery, Josh Allen. Uh, especially if CD Lamb is out, you know, you can get to Gallup, yeah. you can get to Cedric Wilson. He opens up a ton of value. Um, you can play any of the tight ends pretty much. And it's just like, if that build is going to fail, like the Josh Allen build is going to fail, you need or or get it exceeded by this Andy Dalton stack you're going to have. You need that game to be the game of the day. Right. Um, you need to have a 35 <clears throat> to 30 type game going into the Dallas and Raiders game. And like I said, it's definitely possible. These defenses are bad enough that it, that it is possible. Um, the concern is, are these bad offenses able to get us there? So right. um, I think if you're playing Dalton, you just got, you just got it. Dalton, Swift, Hawkinson, uh, yep. Mooney, yep. maybe even Komet. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, you just yep. you just load it, you just load it up, and you just because the way Dalton gets there is you know maybe Swift houses a, a sixty yard touchdown right off the bat, you know, and and then yeah. you know maybe maybe Chicago answers quickly with a a quick strike to to Goodwin or or Moody Moody down the sideline, you know, and all of a sudden we've got a seven seven game with with nine minutes left in the first quarter, and, uh, and then. Detroit feels like they got to keep their foot on the gas. So, you know, they're targeting Hawkinson over the middle over and over again, which Chicago has not been good against tight ends. So it's, I just think, you know, that if you're going to go that route, just yep. go all in. Yeah. And I'm, I'm more of a single injury player, Maddie. I know you, you usually only play yeah, I'm gonna have one three, team this week, three teams. So. You're going to have one team. So like yep. that, that's what makes it hard for me to kind mm-hmm. of condone Dalton. Um, on the one hand, especially, you know, over over on FanDuel, because there there's just so many more spots that you can kind of get to and, and and probably get more equity on the points side of things. I think the other thing, too, which we'll talk about with these other two games is that, like we said at the beginning, there's so much injury news that we don't know about. Like what happens if you play Dalton and CD Lamb's ruled out and Zeke's ruled out. Like, what are you doing with that salary that you didn't use to pay up on a quarterback that could just outscore Dalton? Yeah. That's going to really suck to be in those late games and like 
you know, you could force in, I guess, you know, digs and maybe you play two tight ends with Waller um, and, and like you already played Hawkinson possibly in the stack. But like if those guys don't hit, which like I think people are we'll talk about it with Buffalo game and I get it. You know, Diggs can get there. He had the 33 game last week or whatever he put up. Um, but that, that's been few and far between for him. Like if this ends up being Sanders week or Cole Beasley's getting the targets or Dawson Knox, Dawson Knox is leading this team in targets. Like Buffalo is just one of those weird teams where like, and and the saints are so good at pass defense with Lattimore being on the other side, like he could be shut out too. So like, then you're missing the two top tier wide receivers on the slate with just so much salary that could be left. That is the other thing that kind of worries me is that I don't want to be sitting there, you know, with 5k left in salary with no place to use it in these last two games. Yeah, and and if you think about it, I mean, you look at Josh Allen's game logs, uh, at, le- at least on DraftKings. Um, if you throw out his twelve point game, his next lowest is like eighteen, and he's got right. you know games in in mid thirties as well. Uh, and and he we we've, we've seen him approach forty, and so you know you think about Andy Dalton and what's a you know what's a somewhat good game for Andy Dalton, right? That's probably eighteen points. Uh, yeah. And you're like, okay, you know, on a normal slate, I could live with that. And that's pretty much Josh Allen's floor. Uh, so that's why I say, if you're going to play Dalton, you need to get a one per top, like less than 1% outcome out of him. Uh, and you need like a 25, 26, 27 point game out of him. Um, right. Because the the salary is just going to, there's enough value here that the salary is, is going to, you know, make it to where if Josh Allen scores 25 points, he's going to be on the optimal. Because, you know, everybody's going to have him and the salary works that you're not really giving up much elsewhere. So that's why I say, you know, you just if that's the route you're going, you need to have duds from Allen and and Dak uh, and Derek Carr that, you know, less than 20 points. And you need that that Bears Lions game to just go nuclear and and just hope and pray that Andy Dalton is the highest scoring quarterback on the slate. Because, like I said, salary, you kind of have to throw out he's a value uh, this week because there are, is a lot of value because of all these injuries. Right. And w- r- real quick, Kev, I just wanted to say a couple things. Uh, one was um, that I, I disagree. I think the ultimate leverage play, if you are looking to stack this game, is by having Dalton and Montgomery both on that team. Because we just saw, you know, and I'm not going to compare these guys from the status standpoint, but on like a primetime slate last week where, where we just had uh, the Chargers and the Steelers game that went bananas, like you needed to have in the primetime slate, Eckler and Herbert. Like if, if Dalton passes a touchdown to Montgomery and this dude rushes it in, like they, and he scores, you know, three or four times Dalton that is, and Montgomery scores twice. Like these could be two guys that are just ultimate leverage. Cause like you're saying, Maddie, like nobody is going to want to play these two guys together. They're going to yep. look at it as an, if then, uh, kind of thing and this is kind of a decent game environment like again they're both bad defenses on the other side so by taking these plays I think Swift is an awesome play on this slate we don't know what's going to happen with Camaro we don't know what's going to happen with Zeke but we know that Swift has been out there and this dude is getting you know work especially if we don't have Jamal Williams I don't know what his status is but I know it's kind of been kind of dicey the past couple of weeks but Swift, his pass catching work has been down, but then you're looking at the ground game and this dude is just getting all of the touches and against a team like this, like Devonte Freeman last week, this is Devonta Freeman. We're talking about this dude was dicing up this defense with Huntley back there and Jared Goff. We know he's not a confident quarterback. He's not a high a dot guy. So he could just be peppering, you know, Swift early on and he could be just like an ultimate play. Uh, TJ Hawkinson again, back with, uh, 
back with golf could be a good play. So I do think that there is some merit in multi-entering. Like if you are just going to talk about Dalton, then definitely just game stacking this game, taking both running backs. Like who's going to do that from this game, I think is interesting. Um, the other thing that I wanted to to talk about too is just these two teams just not being in contention. And like we know that Dallas needs a win. We know that Buffalo needs a win just because of the the state of where their divisions are. So, like, that's another thing that makes me interested in playing those games a little bit more because there's a lot more riding on them um, than there is in this in this Bears-Lions game for whatever that's worth. And the other thing, too, before I toss it back to you, Kev, is that there is a play on the Lions who I think would be an ultimate play on your guys' site that you that you play on and that's josh reynolds josh reynolds was signed by the detroit lions this guy has played with jared goff in the past and he saw like 90 whatever percent of the snaps last week he only saw three targets but being teamed back up with jared goff that was with boyle like who is thinking about playing josh reynolds this week nobody and Josh Reynolds at his price tag, I know Kev was talking about Amon St. Brown, and he's been kind of decent, but Khalif Raymond, you know, they haven't had too many wide receiver scores that have been at the top. Quintez Cephas hasn't been in the picture. So Josh Reynolds coming in, just being signed in, having that connection with Goff, I think is an awesome, awesome leverage play on Detroit that nobody would have. Like you're talking about playing him over a guy like Cedric Wilson or yeah. Cole Beasley um, in those later games. And if he goes off and what do we talk about with receivers? Like if this dude, you know, some somehow finds his way to, you know, 90 yards, a hundred yards and a score at his price, like forget whatever else you're doing. Like that is, that is a play that I, you know, it, it makes tough to, to play on FanDuel. But if you're looking at, you know, kind of stacking that game up, he would be an interesting piece to, to have. You stole my thunder for later, but uh, thing. <laughs> yep, completely, completely agree uh, with what you said with, with Josh Reynolds. I think he does make some sense. Um, so let, let me ask you this, because, you know, obviously whenever we do this show, it's always on the main slate, right? And so you have far more options and everything else. This is a three-game slate. Maddie, you said you're only playing one team. I are, If you're going to play – so let me ask this. If you're going to play, let's say, Josh Allen, let's say that, you know he's going to be on your one team. I don't know if he is. It doesn't really matter if he is. But let's say he is, and he's probably going to be the highest on quarterback on the slate. What do you do, or what do you do to get different uh, with your with your lineup um, if you're going to be, you know, running a let's say a stack that's going to be, the, you know, the chalk? Where, 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 where do you get leverage on the field? So something we see on these smaller slates that I don't think enough people account uh, for is just absolutely loading up on an offense. Uh, so Ryan talked about, you know, Dalton and Montgomery, which, you know, makes a ton of sense together because if the Bears score 35 points and you play Dalton and Montgomery, you get the entire 35 points, no matter how it's scored, right? Whether it's rushing, whether it's receiving, whether it's they throw to each other, um, you get it all. And so when we talk about, you know, these short slates, everybody wants to get the one, one receiver from the first game that they think can go off. Everybody wants to get the one receiver tight end from the second game. Uh, that they think can go off. And so they've got all of a sudden their roster looks like, um, you know, they don't want to miss out on, on each game. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, on a main slate, we can sit there and cross, you know, ha- a handful of games off and, and just say, I'm not going to play anybody from these games. Uh, let me just get my exposure to these, these other games. And so um, I think that's something that goes overlooked is people are going to play Josh Allen and they're probably going to play Stefan Diggs. Um I don't know how many, what, like, if they will add in, you know, 
Dawson Knox and Cole Beasley and just go, you know, three pass catchers with, with uh, uh, Josh Allen. So that's something that I'd be looking to do is just, if you're playing Josh Allen, you know, just go, go all in uh, and, and, and really plant your flag on Josh Allen crushing. uh, And he takes multiple guys there uh, with him. Um, And I mean, if that happens, you know, Stefan Diggs can still be optimal on a three game slate, you know, getting only 20, 20 fantasy points. Um, and, and we've seen, you know, one of Cole Beasley or Emmanuel Sanders get to 20 fantasy points. And we've seen Dawson Knox continue to crush every single week, week in and week out this year. Uh, you know, he's, he's pretty much a lock for 10 to 15 fantasy points, uh, this year. And, and he's going to go overlooked because everybody's going to play Darren Waller and everybody's going to play Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys game. So, um, I think that's a way to be different. Uh, I think everybody is going to try to get these individual pieces, uh, these big name studs from these other games. And I think, you know, if, if you're, you know, playing one team and want to be really different in tournaments and you're, you're, you're set on Josh Allen, which, you know, makes a ton of sense, right? New Orleans is a yeah. pass funnel uh, defense and, and the bills are a pass funnel offense. So, I mean, it pretty much lines up for everything Buffalo is going to want to do. And so, uh, you know, just bank on 50 Josh Allen attempts, pass attempts, and, and just hope that, you know, he carries three guys there with him. And it's not just one one guy, because I, I we tend to see a lot of people just skinny stack, you know, what one QB, one wide receiver, one opposing wide receiver tight end. Um, so th- that's what I'm going to try to force myself to do. If I end up going with Josh Allen, I haven't decided yet, but that's the approach I try to take. Um on these shorter slates. Kev's so, pondering. <laughs> Kev's pondering your thoughts. No, I mean, I, I, I would, I would tend to agree with you. Um, the other thing I wanted to hit on too was <clears throat> utilizing late swap. Cause we don't really, yes. I mean, I, I don't yeah. think people really utilize it enough, as, whether it's in on a main slate, but especially on something like this. Um, as e- I think you should probably look at each game, like game one. All right. Now review your lineups before game two. Right and, and see where you're at. Or how it, if if you're I mean if you only have one lineup, it's probably a little bit different. But if you're somebody that that multi, mass multi enters, or you're going to enter a bunch of different lineups, which I think more, the majority of people would do that. Um, you know, going through and taking a look at each one of your lineups and, and seeing if there's any changes that need to be made. Um, especially if you have, let's say you do play Dalton and Dalton doesn't really work out. Let's say Dalton only gets 15 or whatever, right? And he doesn't really hit as like like we want. I think it's super smart to go back and, and, and look and maybe, or, or maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's, let's say you play DeAndre Swift to David Montgomery or one of them and they didn't do anything. And your lineup is not looking great. I think it's very smart at that point to maybe go um, to late swaps like Trevor Simeon and Traquan Smith or something uh, for, for lineups that look like they could be possibly dead. Because at that point, you know, if they hit, then boom, you know, you're probably going to cash. Uh, you're not going to, you're not going to have a great day, but you can still, you're still going to be able to cash with those lineups. Um, and I think that's something that more people should do because a lot of people do not really utilize lace swaps, especially on something like this, especially because it's Thanksgiving, you're hanging out with your family, you know, uh, and all this other stuff. So you're maybe you're not paying as much of attention. Uh, you know, you're trying to, you know, get, hang out with the family and do all this other stuff. But if you, I think utilizing lace swap is uh, absolutely crucial. Yeah, because yeah, because I mean, if you've got you know a dead spot from the early game, uh, and you've got Josh Allen, well, everybody else ahead ahead of you already has Josh Allen, uh, so you can't catch them. So I mean, and it's not about from at that standpoint, it's not about what you think is going to happen anymore. It's about just being unique, uh, right? right? Like 
play like let's use this past weekend right the arizona seattle game for example let's say one o'clock games you're drawing dead and you're like well screw it let me just throw in colt mccoy and he goes out and throws for three, 350 or whatever yards and, and multiple scores. And I'll pair him with Zach Ertz. And all of a sudden you have the slate winning combo at 0.01% ownership, right? So it's like at, at that point, you know, just throw just throw your your predetermined builds out the window and just play something that's unique if you end up with a dead spot. Now, if it's only one dead spot, like let's say DeAndre Swift gets you like 10 points. Um, and he's the only guy you played, then I think it's okay to not fully just blow up your build. Um, but if it's like, you know, you, you stacked up Chicago and Detroit, um, you know, maybe you played Swift and Hawkinson and, and ran it back with, you know, Montgomery or Mooney on the other side, um, you know, and those guys only combined for like, you know, 25 to 30, then yeah, I would consider doing something off the wall, like playing Trevor Simeon. Um, but yeah, I completely agree, Kev. It, it's something that's, underutilized on a, on a normal main slate, but definitely as well on a Thanksgiving slate when nobody's really paying attention to that stuff. Uh, more so stuffing their, their faces with food. And I also think just even, even if you, let's say, even if you're at the top and you have a team that's that, that looks great going into that final, that final game, looking at it and saying, okay, you could pretty much usually tell if you're, especially when you're, you get really high up, kind of who people have to, uh, to have some sort yeah. of idea mm-hmm. of, of who they may have. And if there's 10 teams ahead of you at that point, and it looks like you have the same players, like you're dead, like you're not moving anywhere. So you have to late swap at that point and move off uh, and move off some stuff or else you have no shot at winning. And so that's another aspect of late swap that, um, that doesn't really, you know, get talked about as much either that that should be because, um, that you definitely should be. You should be looking to see what you know, what what people have. Kind of paying attention to what what because, like I said, you could pretty much have a pretty good idea of looking at what's left on a team and make a pretty good judgment of who those players are. And then you know you're going to know where you stand. Thousand thousand percent, man. And it, it's like if you're only you know like Maddie's only playing one lineup. There's one thing to focus on, but you can't be playing multiple uh, uh, lineups if you're not in tune uh, to what's going on. Like you got to, you got to, and it doesn't have to be necessarily all day. You know, that's the great thing about NFL is we got that kind of buffer between games. You got three hours. So make sure you know when you're eating dinner and you can take that 15, you know, 20, 30 minute break before the next game to kind of go in. Okay. Who's active. Who's not make my changes and then let it ride. And then maybe something happens in the very late game. That's going to be the Saints side of things, possibly with all the starters they have banged up. So make sure you can see what's going on after that. Like you have to be in tune. You can't just be like, all right, I'm going to set it in the morning and, you know, I'm going to just let it ride out because it could be the difference between even cashing, depending on what kind of pivots you can make, depending on uh, how, you know, you draw in that, in that fair game. Um, or the difference between banking, you know, a, a tournament. Like if you hit on everything early and then, you know, normally we would tell people to go chalk. Like if you're, you know, you have those plays that are one or 2% owned and then you hit on those. Okay, just go chalk. But, you know, chalk would be Zeke. What if Zeke's ruled out? Um, it, maybe Camara's ruled in and you can pay that extra price to get up to him and not play Diggs, but play Waller or play, you know, uh, somebody else who is in that price range. I think it, it makes a ton of sense just to be in tune with the slate if you're playing multiple lineups. And I, I remember last year, I'm pretty sure it was last year where 
I remember all day we, we weren't sure if Julio was going to play. And then right before the yeah. slate happens, he got ruled out. Yeah. And right before the game happens, he got ruled out. And that, you know, really kind of changed everything of what you were going to do. Yeah. Two um, years ago, I think. And you were on whoever that backup was. Blake. Was it Christian Blake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always got to have who one. ate. Who yeah. ate that game at whatever his owner's ownership percent was, which wasn't as high as it should be. As it it was like nothing. It, it was very, it was very low. It was very right. low. So, anyways, okay. So we we kind of have sort of talk. I guess the only ones we really have. Yeah. So let, let's talk about some of the other quarterbacks really quickly, so we can you know, jump over to running backs. Uh, we haven't really talked about Dak. Let's just assume that CD Lamb is going to play. Where? How much? How much interest are you going to have in Dak with CD Lamb um, in this offense versus also? Ryan, you can go first, but I'll preface this with saying uh, Zeke practiced in full today. Yeah, I saw yes. that. Yeah. So which, assume, which Zeke's gonna, assume Zeke is in. Yeah, I, which uh, I love that. Um, we, 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 want, we want Zeke playing on the slate. Uh, this will probably be uh, 2.0 from me last year where Zeke ends up being the highest zone running back on the slate, and I just don't play him. Um, he just – he has He's going to come in second highest um, behind Monty. But yeah. Okay. I, yes. He's gonna fair, be fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. Second, second highest on behind Monty. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just, I mean, not to be a victim of what the, what the game logs are. And I haven't watched too many Dallas Cowboy games, Maddie, that's, that's your team. I know you watch, but just watching this team against uh, Kansas city last week. And it's like, they are fine. And, and granted knee injury. So he's dealing with that, but they are fine with just giving him, a certain amount of touches and then being like, we need to spell you. We need to keep you healthy. Whether that be, you know, this team is primed to be in the playoffs and make a run late and they want Zeke as healthy as he could be. And it's just like, we'll get through Tony Pollard's competent, whatever that is. Like, this is just not a slate that I want to load up on, on Zeke. I mean, the touches just aren't that like, I'd rather play Swift uh, at his price tag. I mean, I don't think Camaro would play, but if he were to play, like I'd just much rather play him if there was some time or some chance of him getting ruled in. Um, and I'm gonna have Montgomery pretty much on on every team uh, that I make. Uh, it's it's just hard to get away from where his price tag is coming in across the industry. So um, he can get there, and we've seen him, you know, have multi score games, but it's like he's not hitting a hundred yards, you know. So what happens if those scores don't go to him? Um, and even then, like, I, I just, I, I would just much rather, pay, I'm going to play Dak this week. I think Dak is, is my, my number one quarterback and that's with or without CD lamb in, um, and, and Zeke being in, I can just use that, use Dak as the ultimate leverage, um, off of a, off of a popular Zeke who, you know, Dak will still be the second highest, uh, owned quarterback, but he just isn't doing enough for me. Um, to warrant where his ownership percent is going to come in just on the fact that he is a stud, quote-unquote, running back, and we got to pay for the studs. Like, I mean, honestly, you could play Montgomery and wait to see what happens throughout the day. If Kamara and Ingram, who both haven't been practicing, don't play, I mean, Tony Jones is just – you just lock and load this play. This is Jeff Wilson from last week. Like, I don't care what his own ownership – uh, ends up being in it because it's the last game it's going to be lower than it should be but this guy could be the lead back in an offense that he has no competition around him with um and that i'll just roll that out <laughs> not, not in, 10 out of 10 times and and just carry carry that I, there's so many other plays i mean lamb plays i'll play him over zeke 
I want to have exposure to digs. I want to be able to pay up a tight end and I want to pay up a quarterback. I'm just not going to get builds that have Zeke. I'm not, you know, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to run out 50 teams and have 0% of him, but I'll have like 10% of it and he'll come in at whatever it is, you know, 50% on a three game slate and I'll Mm -hmm. just be way underweight. Yeah, so I think as of right now, uh, the the ownership projections are kind of saying that Zeke's going to come in around the 50% that you're saying and Dak's going to be half that because uh, Josh Allen's going to come in around 50% at, at QB. So, um, I mean, this is the pretty much the same exact spot we had with Green Bay, Minnesota last week, right? And, and we kind of talked about yeah. leverage with that Chicago-Detroit game, but, I mean, this is leverage with a top-of-the-league passing attack and if it's only Amari Cooper out, that's not enough to be out for me uh, yeah. to really knock down Dak, you know, multiple pegs. I mean, we saw he kind of looked lost a little bit uh, last week against Kansas City, but probably the biggest news uh, is Tyron Smith is Tyron back Smith. practicing. Yes, full. So, love that. And that offense is completely different when he is at left tackle. Yeah. Um, and we saw the Kansas City front line last week just had no issues getting to Dak. Dak, you know, he made a couple of bad throws, like the first throw of the game to Gallup. He had him wide open, 25 yards, 30 yards down the right sideline. Uh, he just missed him, overthrew him. Um, and, right. and from there, you just kind of got the feeling that, you know, it was going to be one of those games. But uh, he also had, you know, really good throws that he made. Uh, like there was like a 25-yarder to, to Cedric Wilson over the middle of the field, and uh, Cedric was afraid he was going to get blown up and, and kind of short-armed it and, and ended up dropping it. But um, – I mean, this offense is still going to be explosive, right? Like, and you yes. know where the ball's going. It's going to be CeeDee Lamb, it's going to be Cedric Wilson, Michael yes. Gallup, and Dalton Schultz, right? So it's a, a yes. four-man uh, kind of ordeal. And, um, I mean, if everybody's going to play Zeke, Zeke's only got two games this year with more than 17 carries. And he's only got three games this year with more than three targets. So uh, right. kind of like you said, Ryan, they're just, they're just you know, they're happy with Tony, with Tony Pollard playing, you know, 40% of the snaps. 35% of the snaps and when Pollard's in, he's getting touches and, and, and he looks good, good, quite frankly. And uh, you know, that's another way to get leverage too, it, that we can talk about, you know, at the running back position is playing Tony Pollard yeah. instead of playing Zeke. And I mean, how many times we just saw it with the Falcons last week, but how many times do we see these teams on Thursdays just kind of not go with their starter that they normally go with for a full allotment of his normal touches. Right. Right. And they kind of make it, even though they're already going with a committee, it's more of a committee on Thursdays because it's only a three day turnaround and Zeke's dealing with a knee injury. And it's like, you, now you've got 10 days. If you just don't run him into the ground, you've got 10 days for him to heal and get right for this next game. And Tony Pollard, they are more than confident in giving him yep. touches. So, uh, I mean, quite frankly, he almost looks, then- he pretty much looks better than Zeke does. So like, it's really not a drop off at all in that offense. And and he can catch passes too. I mean, he returns kicks. Like that's just kind of the, the style of player he is. He's explosive. So, I mean, right. even if Pollard only gets 12 touches, I mean, that's not to say he can't house a 40 yarder against a very, very bad Las Vegas Rundy, uh, which we right. saw Joe, Joe Mixon just torched last week. So um, yeah, I think this Cowboys game is really interesting from a le- leverage standpoint. Um, and there's a lot of ways you can go. And I, you know, I think, People are, are already, you know, kind of committing to builds now. We don't have CeeDee Lamb news, and he's got that Q tag, and, and nobody really knows whether he's going to play. And I think that's going to kind of lower his ownership inherently. Uh, yeah. And we're going to see him come in way lower than he should. Uh, you know, everyone is just going to plug in Diggs, and they're going to say, okay, I know I, I'm, Diggs is playing. Let me play him. 
I, I don't know if CeeDee Lamb's playing, but so let me just play Monty instead and let me play Josh Allen. And, and all of a sudden people aren't getting to CeeDee Lamb. So I think this Dallas game really presents a ton of leverage. And, you know, it, it just it's eerily similar to the Green Bay game from last week where everybody played AJ Dillon because it was a he can't fail kind of spot. He's going to see, you know, 90 percent of the touches, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers. MVS and, and Devontae Adams go <laughs> nuclear and it causes Jefferson to go nuclear on the other side. Right. So, um, yeah. On a, on a guy that people think that they can't win DFS with. I mean, yeah. nobody thought you could win with Aaron Rodgers at DFS. It's crazy. Right. That's the, it's that's crazy. the narrative. And I mean, he so, can throw four touchdowns every time he steps on the field and, and so right. can Dak Prescott. So it's, right. it's one of those spots where you're, you're making a leverage play with somebody who's actually really good at football. As opposed to, you know, we can't really say the same about Andy Dalton and the Bears, right? Like that offense is way less confidence uh, you yeah. have in playing those guys as compared to loading up, uh, up on Dallas, which is a top three offense in the NFL. Um, and uh, like I said, even without Amari Cooper, uh, they're still dangerous enough that, you yes. know, they can they've got guys that can make plays. Dude, and it's and it's all just uh, Kev. I saw you I, real quick. I just was gonna say it's all just about recency bias. Like th- this is the ultimate like recency bias Thanksgiving slate. And I'm so so happy that that game against Kansas City went the way that it did because I was looking ahead and saw that they you know the Cowboys are playing the Raiders. And if if that game goes any differently, like even if it's they still lose, but it's a shootout, like the Cowboys are the mega chalk of the week. It's not even yep. it's not even a question. Everybody's jamming in Dick. Yep. Everybody's jamming in Dak. They're jamming in CeeDee Lamb. They're jamming in Gallup or Wilson. It doesn't matter. Wilson's dropping passes still don't matter because you're thinking there's upside with them. Schultz is the ultimate tight end play. Like this team would be, their ownership would be egregious on a three game slate with the question marks that we have at Buffalo and everybody just wants to go Buffalo and you can play, you know, Dak and CD and who, you know, Schultz, whatever you want to do with that Dak stack. And the best part about that, Maddie is, and Kev is you can just, if that game hits, you are just chilling in the late game. Like you could just have Tony Jones or you could have one of those pass catchers on Buffalo and, you know, take a shot. But if those guys go out and get, if CD lamb gets 30, that gets 30 Schultz somehow gets 20. That doesn't matter. Like what, what that does, like Josh Allen's going to go out and get 40. I mean, I mean, maybe Diggs is going to go out and get 40. It's possible, but on the range of outcomes, you're sitting there and you're just chilling while everybody else who has a team, that still has PMR left, but they're going to be chasing those 30-point scores and sitting there, and that's what they need to have happen in order to win. And you're already going to be possibly sitting pretty at the top, granted that you, you know, maybe you get one or two plays that you might need or want to have in that last game, but you would have already had seven of nine pieces that you have gotten right. Um, and and that's just such a good feeling. And that's what I want to be on if these, if these pieces are going to go under-owned, then they should be. I mean, C.D. Lamb is is a smash play. Like, I I won't have a team without him uh, if he's if he's ruled in because his range of outcomes of just absolutely dominating the slate in that game environment. When you know this is the same thing from last week. Everybody wanted to play him last week. He was a cash game play last week on a main slate and on a three game slate. People are going to have question marks. It's a concussion. It's not an ankle. It's not an ACL. This dude is is if he's playing. He's going out there and he's playing. And uh, that's just a good 
that's a good feeling when you see a spot like that, that it just makes so much sense. Again, this is all on paper and, you know, maybe I'm talking too much about it and it will fail. So whatever. But it's just there's so much leverage to be had. And I'm so happy that um, we're getting even question marks at this point um, in the week now um, with Dallas around their passing attack when this team has consistently put up 30 point games all year. I- I, I, I could actually completely agree with what you're saying about the this the narrative of the Cowboys, them coming off that game where they got absolutely embarrassed. <laughs> and the, the, the wild thing yeah, is, yeah, is that yeah. this game, this Raider Cowboys game, has the highest total on the slate. Right. It's not it's very rare that the game with the highest total on the slate is not the favorite. Like it's not the one right. that everybody wants to play. Like last week it was it was KC Dallas week, right? That was the high fall week. This is the right. game to target. This is the game to target. This is the game to target. And what's the spread too, right? It's uh like isn't Vegas is it still five? it's yeah. seven and a half Dallas. So oh, what does that it's, it's, what does that tell you about Vegas's confidence in the Cowboys offense? Yeah, the Cowboys are, are applied at twenty nine at twenty nine uh, points, where the Raiders are at twenty two. And that's higher than Buffalo, isn't it? Yes, it's higher than Bu- Buffalo. Has went down. Buffalo opened, I think, at twenty seven. They've went down to twenty five and a half. Dang. Dallas has not I changed. See. Right. And now that the the game did drop a little bit because it it was a 51 point total uh, or it was a 55 point total. It opened at it dropped to 51. But this Buffalo New Orleans game opened at 52 and has dropped to 46 and a half. Wow. This but that that game is not very much further off than what the, 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 the Lions game is. And it's a close spread, too. Right. Like Buffalo is only favored by four, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I mean the total's dropping and the spread is close. So I mean that's to me that's you know and I, I get yeah. it that Josh Allen and see but this is where I think leverage is gonna play a part because I do think you're gonna get a lot more casuals that are gonna play on this the, the play on the slate because people that are just wanna hang out with their family and whatever, you know, I'm gonna throw mm-hmm. a couple bucks to draft keys, I'm gonna throw a couple bucks to FanDuel, whatever, and they're they're, they're gonna wanna, you know, play a little bit here. And everyone's going to want to, oh, it's Josh Allen. I'm going to play Josh Allen. Josh Allen's the best quarterback. You know, it's easy. I'm going to, I'm going to play him. And don't get me wrong. Josh Allen has an incredible ceiling. I mean, he, his, his rushing upside, he's the only quarterback on the slate that has it uh, with, with no Justin Fields because Dak Prescott really just isn't running this year. That's not really a thing for him. And so he's really the only guy that has that. And it's a matchup against New Orleans. And people are just going to want to play Josh Allen, you know, stack him with, with Stephon Diggs. And I think it's I, – I do like this game quite a bit, this, this Raider – and and I honestly the, the Raiders are another team that that can really push the the, the Cowboys because and again the Raiders have kind of uh, went into yes. a little bit of a slump lately. But prior to this, I mean, this was a team that was dropping thirty plus points on really good teams and beating really good teams only about a month ago. Now a lot right. of things have happened with this game with this team over the course of the last month with the Henry Rugg stuff, John Gruden stuff, whatever. But I still think that this offense is still good enough to be able to push this game and to make this game where we, we see 60 plus points scored. Like it's definitely in the range of possibility. And I don't know if you can say the same for the saints, like the saints and, and, and bills game, right? You can see where yeah. the, the bills get up quickly on the saints. And I don't know if the saints are good enough to be able to overcome that with Trevor Simeon and Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith. And, you know, especially without, if they don't have Mark Ingram, they don't have, and they don't have, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara. Kamara. Like this game could get that game could get really ugly really quickly. Like it, it feels like the best game is this Dallas Raider game, right? Yeah. Because um, there's pieces on both sides you can play on the Cowboys side or on the Raiders side. Obviously, Darren Waller is 100 in play. And then you know if you want to take a shot at some of the other pieces, like um, 
you know, Brian Edwards, who I don't know, uh, some games they decide they want to target him, other games they don't. But, you know, he's in play a, a, as an option. You know, they, you have some much cheaper guys like Zay Jones, who's, who's a deep threat. But, you know, Derek Carr yeah. takes a lot of deep, uh, deep shots this year. He's top five, top six at, at deep ball attempts this year. He's top five or six at deep ball completion percentage this year. And so, I don't know, I, I just really like this second game quite a bit. And I think it's the one that's going to get overlooked. And I think it's a mistake because there is so many question marks surrounding it. You have CeeDee Lamb. Is he going to get rolled in? Is he going to play? Both of these teams have not played very well lately. And you have the Cowboys coming off of one of their worst games you know, of the year where they just got smacked on national television. Um, you know, And people are just going to be scared off of this game and just rather go to the Bills. And I think that's a mistake. If, if, the, if the ownership is any indication of it, with, with Josh Allen getting 50-plus percent of the uh, ownership, that's a mistake. Dak and, and, and Josh Allen should be right neck and neck with each other in terms of uh, uh, right. of ownership. And if there's a large discrepancy, we got a problem. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, even even to the tune of, you know, like let, let's say C.D. Lamb's rolled out, who I'm talking about. And, of course, he's the catalyst of that of that team. But I'd be willing to even take shots on where you play Dak and Stefan Diggs, you know, you don't play Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs because a lot of people will have that. Um, and if, you know, let's say we do get a big game from Diggs and he's kind of the only one who's getting getting work, um, you do get that two touchdowns and 100 yards that you would want from him, you know, but Dak already went out and scored, you know, 35 or whatever. Maybe he runs one in, Josh Allen doesn't run one in. I mean, I, I love getting leverage leverage plays like that. I'm, I'm high on Dak regardless I'm a CD Lamb's in, but again, you know, CD Lamb. It, it, the the funny thing about Lamb is like so much is being made about him not playing, like unlikely to play, and I just don't know where that's coming from. Like everything's kind of trending in the direction that he will play. Like everything that he's doing from concussion protocol is making it seem like he will play. But everywhere that you read and all of the, and I shouldn't say all, but a lot of touts and everything that you're reading about the situation is that the dude's unlikely to play. Okay. I mean, that's, that's fine. And I can have that keep going. And then we get them ruled in on Thursday and people kind of already made their decision on where they want to go. And I just, he's just such a slam dunk play uh, with, with him in. While we're on that game, I'm curious, uh, do you guys have thoughts on Josh Jacobs? Because I think he's going to get lost <laughs> in the shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we've seen 12 targets oh. to him over the last two weeks, and he's playing 65% of the snaps. Um, we talked about, you know, that game, you know, being a high total, and he's obviously got the, the great touchdown equity for the Raiders. Um, it's just his yeah. his pass game involvement has been, you know, rather encouraging on a, a full PPR site. And then you got a half PPR site all like FanDuel where touchdowns are weighted heavily. I mean, you know, he's he's always been their touchdown guy. So I just think for such a high total game, I mean, what stacking up the Cowboys, what what are you looking at? What are you guys looking at on the Raiders side? I mean, you just take the guaranteed points with Renfro. Uh, do you double stack with Waller? Because uh, yeah. I mean, we've seen Waller have some pretty dud games this year, and I think he's going to come in as the highest on tight end. So, like, you can double stack. I'm, I'm assuming if you're playing Dak, you're playing Schultz too, uh, because you know tight ends versus the Raiders, yeah. and, and he's going to be probably his favorite target to throw to outside of Ceedee Lamb. But um, I mean, can you double stack with Waller? Uh, do, do you just play Josh Jacobs, and and you know he can get you you know 75 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, and have four catches for. 35 yards and that's 
what, seven and seven is 14 plus 12 is 26. So, I mean, there are ways that he can get you there. Um, yeah. So thoughts on the Raiders side of things while we're he, on that game. He, Josh Jacobs is very interesting, uh, especially on FanDuel. You're looking at a $6,700 price tag on him uh, this week uh, where he comes in, you know, as the fifth, yeah, fifth highest yep. price running back kind of, you know, right, right underneath Montgomery. If, if, Ingram doesn't play, you know, we let's say we don't get Zeke, people will play Pollard, but you can play Josh Jacobs on the other side. I mean, the thing about the thing that's frustrating about the Raiders is like you need him to kind of get into the red zone. He actually has the second most red zone attempts rushing wise uh on the slate uh, of 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 running backs. So like, you know, if they get there, we can think that they're going to try and run the ball with him to score the touchdown. And we know on FanDuel, touchdowns are king. So you could, you know, end up with a 20 plus point score on a guy who is going to be, I mean, 10% owned, dare I say, even possibly sub, which is kind of crazy to think yeah. about, but it's possible that he could be sub 10% owned in some tournaments that you're in just because of the state of the slate. We could, you know, people already played Montgomery and Swift then they might want to play Tony Jones late or they might want to play Tony Pollard if Zeke's ruled out. Like, he could just be the forgotten son. Um, and you're talking about the receptions, Matty. Yeah, like three and a half receptions is what he's averaging, you know, over over these past couple of games, I think actually on the year um, for Jacobs, which is not something that we think about with him and just yeah. coming off of that seven-target game. Uh, so there is some merit. You do the, – the offense has looked very bleak um, with – uh, the rug situation, like rugs being out has just like completely killed this offense because he was such a field stretcher, I guess, and just opened up so many things for them. I think that Renfro makes a ton of sense, you know, in game stacks. And that's kind of where I'll start, but I'm going to have so much exposure to these Dallas game stacks that I will make, you know, Josh Jacobs and, and Waller teams, Renfro and Waller teams, uh, Jacobs and Waller, you know, without Renfro, who will be the most popular piece on the Raiders, I think. Um, you think he's more popular than Waller? I, I, yeah, I guess maybe more so on on maybe more so on DK than on Fanduel. Okay, um, because of you know what kind of what the tight end position yeah. means. But I think Schultz, you know, granted, you know what? Let's say we don't get CD Lamb. I mean, Schultz probably is just a lock button play for a lot of people. Um, but even even with that, I think you know people will still talk themselves into him and just you know again. If we're talking about Zeke being ruled in, Maddie, it's like, do you want to pay up at running back or do you want to pay for a tight end who, you know, people talk about being like Kelsey and the games can be there, but the games more often than not, you know, do not come to fruition there if he's not scoring those touchdowns. So, and especially um, we've seen this Dallas defense kind of key on these bigger stud tight ends. Uh, I mean, Kelsey didn't have a, a great game last week. Right. I mean, he had a rushing touchdown. Um, and a couple weeks ago when they played Atlanta, I mean, Kyle Pitts is, I, I, I'd compare him, you know, pretty similar into, in terms of, you know, usage at the tight end position to Darren Waller, you know, gets split out wide a bunch and can pretty much run anything in the route tree. Uh, yeah. and they held Pitts down and he did absolutely nothing in that game. So while, you know, on paper tight end does look good for a matchup against Dallas at the same time. You know, these stud tight ends that are the main pieces of the offense have kind of been getting some extra focus uh, from this Dallas defense as well. So, you know, I think it, if, you know, inherently, you know, when you, you're stacking up against the Raiders, your, your first thought is to, well, let me include Waller on the other side. Um, and I think Jacobs more than maybe more so than anybody on the slate 
uh, is likely to score two touchdowns. Yeah. We are an hour and six minutes into this. <laughs> per, <laughs> We've just kind of been per, jumping all over the place. Uh, well, yeah, I know. Well, we, yeah. Haven't really, we haven't really hit anything. But, uh, you know, I feel – let's let's do this really quickly. Who are your top three quarterbacks? I know there's only six, so it's not like, you know, we're going out far here. But who, who are your top three quarterbacks you want to play? I know uh, you guys, some of you only play single a one lineup. But just your top three quarterbacks right now. It would be uh, – Dak's my one. I think Al Allen's my two, um, and yeah, I mean I don't I don't know after that. I mean I I guess th- those guys are just leaping leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else for me. Um, I I guess maybe Dalton over Carr, uh, but that's kind of tough for a pill for me to swallow. But yeah, that Dak is my one on the slate. Yeah, I think I would agree. I'd go Dak one, Allen two, and then probably just by default Derek Carr number three. If I if you had a gun to my head and I was had to pick a cheap guy, it'd probably be Jared Goff. Oh, get out of here! Get out <laughs> as here awful we... as that sounds. He he could be he could be you know good leverage. I mean, <sighs> I won't be playing him. But <laughs> all right, so so for me for, for me it, it would be Dak, Josh Up, or the Dalton. Um, so let's jump over to running back because we've we've spent all this time and I know we've kind of jumped around. So we've talked about all these guys already, so we don't have to you know go incredibly deep but there are uh you know you know you have you have on DraftKings you have you have zeke at 8k um, alvin kamara is likely not going to play deandre swift at 7300 mark Ingram we're going to monitor because he did he was absent for practice today which was kind of a uh, surprising didn't really see that one coming so we'll see on that but 60 is 6200 david montgomery 6k josh jacobs 5900 tony pollard 5600 uh singletary's 4900 matt burrito who's now getting involved in this offense is 4800 Zach Moss is forty seven hundred, Kenyon Drake forty six hundred, and then from there you have Tony Jones. I guess that would be the guy you would talk about um, on the other side of that. And then over on Fanduel, because you know we're talking about Fanduel today, eighty four hundred for Zeke over on Fanduel, eight K for DeAndre Swift, uh, seventy five hundred for David Montgomery, sixty seven hundred for Josh Jacobs. 6,600 for Ingram, 5,900 for Pollard, 5,800 for Singletary, Moss is 5,700, Drake is 5,600, Breida is 5,300, Jamal Williams, if he plays, 5,200. And then Tony Jones is 4,800 over on FanDuel. The one thing I think you bring up, uh, Matt, you make a really good point with Josh Jacobs, is he is he is being targeted far more than what we typically see from him. Um, I mean, he's already at 32 targets this year. He only had 45 all of last year, and he's yep. already at 32. And that's with missing games this year. Um, he's only played he, he's only played eight games so far this year. He has a, almost a 12% target share in this offense. And, you know, those are things that kind of we've been waiting for for him for the last couple of years. He's been in the league. It's something that we've they, they've always sort of talked about, was making him more involved as a pass catcher, but it, it kind of hadn't happened. Um, but I do think that he's a really interesting option here, especially if he's going to continue to see the sort of targets that he's going to see. Because even outside of the seven he saw last week against Cincinnati, I mean, the week before he saw five, four before, the week before that. And so, I mean, he has, you know, one, two, three, you know, five games this year with at least four targets or more. And I think that he could even be decent leverage off of David Montgomery, who's only $100 more than him on DraftKings, because they're very similar. Both of them, you know, he does, uh, Josh Jacobs does not get the 
uh, you know, 85% of the touches out of the backfield. He only gets 60% of the opportunities. But his target involvement is so much higher than what David Montgomery has been that he makes for a very similar play in my book, but one that I think could possibly have a higher ceiling than, than David Montgomery because of his pass catching work on DraftKings. Uh, FanDuel is a little bit different, obviously, with only being a half-point PPR uh, side over there, so it takes a little bit of uh, you know of that out of there. But I think Josh Jacobs is an, is an incredible play. And like you said, I don't think anybody is going to play Josh Jacobs whatsoever. And then we've sort of flirted with, with, with talking about this, but I think we should talk about it, is Tony Pollard at 5,600. There is a range of possibility here where he sees 50% of the opportunities in this backfield coming. You know, in Zeke, it's not even just so much that they're coming off playing uh, late uh, Thursday or late Sunday against the, the Chiefs, which was in that 3 o'clock slate. Um but also, you know, getting back. But he also suffered an injury in that game. And so mm-hmm. he did practice in full, so that's a positive. But it's very well in the range of possibility that they really hold the reins back on Zeke. Tony Pollard has proven to be more than effective. And not many people are going to play Tony Pollard at only 5,600. So I do think that he makes some sense here uh, at his price tag. And then I completely agree. I will not have much of Zeke. Well, I'll have some. Uh, it's It's – uh, if you're playing, you know, more than, you know, one lineup, it's uh, almost uh, ridi- not ridiculous, but it's, I'm not going to kill myself. Uh, and, and if Zeke goes off and have a good game, you're going to, I'm going to have some exposure, but I'm just going to be well under the field. And I love DeAndre Swift in this matchup. DeAndre Swift has been an absolute monster this year. And I don't, so, I, at some points, I don't think he gets the credit that he truly deserves either because he plays 72% of the snaps, 64% of the opportunity, which is top 10 among all running backs, 67 targets this year, which is the most among all running backs. He also has 24 red zone touches. He's first in receptions, second in routes run with a 20% target share, which is ridiculous for a running back to have a 20% target share in this offense. Um, he's also eighth in evaded tackle, second in yards created for touch. So he's been super, super, super efficient as well and i he is in an absolute smash spot and i will not have an offense or an offense a lineup without deandre swift because i just don't see how he fails yeah i mean he uh he's been great i mean when you're talking about just equity as far as share goes in the backfield against this team i mean it, it makes a lot of sense kev uh I, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be one to talk you off of that play. I mean, if this again, you know, so many things can go differently um, with these slates or and with these plays like if he he's coming off of a 21 point game against Cleveland, you know, who's got a pretty decent front seven there when you're talking about stopping the run and, and this Bears defense cannot, you know, they just cannot do it. They can't tackle. They can't cover. Um, I think that, again, you know, this is a situation where. I want to monitor what's going on with the other play in the backfield. I, I haven't even looked. Are we dealing with anything with uh, Jamar Jefferson and Jamal Williams? Uh, Jamal doesn't week? have any any tag. No tag. Okay, so no. he came back and he was he was fine last. Yeah, he played last, last week. week. Yep. No yeah, no targets though. Eleven yards. Yeah. No no targets last week. So I mean, yeah. I, I I wouldn't be as bold to say that I wouldn't have a lineup without him, but I think he is like. He's one of those plays, and we saw it last year. You know, he wasn't the same play, but Adrian Peterson, you know, that guy went in. At his, again, it was a price tag thing, but he was whatever, 4K or something like that. Scores twice 
like, and you know, you have him in the first game and you are chilling because nobody wanted to play this guy. And Swift is just, you know, he's been so good um, for, for so many slates that people have kind of talked themselves out of. And on a short slate, I don't want to do that. So I know I'll have a lot of teams where uh, I have Swift and Montgomery going early just just off of the state of what the slate is kind of bringing me and dictating. Um, but I could, you know, you could possibly be looking at 60 points from your two running back positions to start off the slate. And that's that's always a good feeling. Um, Josh, Josh Jacobs is tough. I probably wouldn't play him over, over Montgomery, but I think, yeah, just having a leverage off of him later, it is nice. And then, yeah, Tony Pollard is the ultimate, ultimate leverage play of the slate. And I know that people will talk themselves into the numbers not being there, but he's been so damn efficient, dude. It's so crazy. Like if, if he sees, you know, any type of upscale passing work in this matchup, uh, you know, we it, with CD Lamb being healthy, even with Amari Cooper being out, I can think I can still think that we could see him seeing some pass catching work. This would be unbelievable smash spot. And, you know, if we get Zeke ruled out late or, or you know, we could run into a situation where Zeke is active and they're just like, yeah, go out and play 30 percent of the snaps. Like what happens if Dallas is boat racing the Raiders? OK, it's Tony Pollard season. Like what happens if. Dallas runs into a situation where the Raiders go up early. All right, we don't need to play Zeke. Throw Tony Pollard out there. Like, there's so many scenarios that I could talk myself into, which is what keeps my ownership on Zeke low because I just think Pollard, when you're looking at it, I mean, he's 8,400 on FanDuel. Uh, Zeke is, and Tony Pollard is 59. I mean, just with that $2,000 in salary plus, you can do so much with that. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think I agree with you guys uh, at the running back position. And I just want to say, you know, I, I don't have a, a a grasp on this at all, but is one of the like is Mark Ingram more likely to play than Alvin Kamara? Or are they both kind of like in the same boat with their They're injuries? both DNP. Um right. so I, honestly we've got no clue. No clue. I, I mean Mark Mark Ingram would he's dealing with the knee, so it kind of falls into the same boat with me there. Um with with uh, Zeke, but again, it's kind of a price tag difference too. So if Mark Ingram's active and and Kamara's not, like I'd be much more apt to just play Ingram and take a shot on him at home uh, against Buffalo that just, I mean, what the hell did they just do against Jonathan Taylor, right? Like they just got gashed. Um, I think Edmonds is supposed to be back on their, uh, in their linebacking core this week. So that's, that's a good get for them, but um, I'd be intrigued and, playing some Mark Ingram if he were healthy. I just don't know what to make yeah, I mean, of that situation. And he, and he also uh, has seen a lot of targets too. I mean, at, which has kind of helped him out as well, especially without Kamara out. But let's say right. they're both out because they both logged DMPs both days of uh, Monday and Tuesday so far this week. Yeah. Um, and let's say they both don't play. And I know Tony Jones is only 4K, but – are Don't you guys like is, is he a must play if if, if he's out because oh, uh I thought you were yeah. gonna say Timo. Oh no, no, he's on. <laughs> yeah. Uh that made his finger went the wrong way. Um no, he's back this week. He's I'm he's back, sure. yeah. Well, I, I know in the what, what yeah, and they saw Washington too. Yeah. But regardless, it because I think that he would carry quite a bit of ownership if yeah, and if I think out. that could turn into more of a committee. Uh, than people maybe anticipate because I mean 
Yeah, and that's my problem. I see. I thought that's okay, fair. good, because I, I, well, I thought we were gonna have a. I, I was kind of preparing for an argument because I thought you guys no. were, uh, would would have said the opposite. No, because I, I mean, you, guys... you think about Ingram. I mean, Ingram's been there right for years. Uh, Peyton trusts him, and you know he knows that offense uh, like the back of his hand. And uh, Kamara is obviously going to get most of the work when he's healthy. But true, uh, but I, I don't know. I, that... the, the thing I would say with Tony Jones is that Tony Jones is the reason they cut Latavius Murray because of how well, oh, absolutely, he and, and, right. and, and looked and everything right. And right. so it's not that I don't think that he can, but I also and I, I get it that I think Buffalo's run defense isn't as good as we think that it was, but. I also think it's good enough to shut down uh, Tony Jones, and I also Tony Jones say, is not Derrick Henry, and he's not Jonathan Taylor. Correct. We'll, we'll just then, say it that way. Are, no, are the Saints getting back their top, their two left tackles that they were without last week? Because that's don't know that. Yeah, and if their left tackles are also out again, like yeah. no thanks, yeah, we, no, we no fucking thank you. Do I want to mess with that? But I think Tony Jones. If he's the starter, where do you think his ownership would come in? If he if he if he ends up being the starter here, oh my god! Well, it, I mean, he'd gonna, have to be ruled it, in early, right? Because that's the late game. So yeah. for people to, to for him to become super super popular, I think we'll. I we'd think have we'll to get know, news tomorrow. I think I think we'll know by tomorrow. I have a pretty good idea. That's so we we'll should that's know fair. before. Yeah, because I mean, if both Ingram and Kamara DNP, I mean, maybe yeah. it's a hey, we're gonna test it out pregame, and that's that would. I, I honestly would rather just them rule them out and Jones just be chalk and I can be different by not playing him because I think there's definitely ways that he doesn't get he, – he's not – like there's ways he doesn't get Mark Ingram's work, workload over the last two weeks. Right. Um, like I think it could, it could end up just being a committee. And, and yes, maybe he heads that committee up, but um, I mean him himself, he's he just came off IR with an injury last week uh, or whatever it was recently. So – like the, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just don't see them thrusting him into 20 touches. Well, and we got the we got the uh, golden boy back, Mr. Taysom, contract extension, Hill himself. True. Like, what is his red zone work going to be? Uh, I mean, that, yeah. that could be the real the real sweat in playing Tony Jones. You know, I think that – That's also if, assuming the Saints get to the red zone. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. With exactly. all these injuries, right? Exactly. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them. Granted that you know that yeah, I forget who the guys are, but I think there's seven seven of eleven of their offensive starters are dealing with injury. I mean that's a tough that's a tough look, even with a home matchup here um, against Buffalo. That's that's gonna be tough for them to run out that offense like that. Um, you know, it's a four K back uh, who could be thrust into what would be the role. And I definitely think on the morning of Thanksgiving, we'll know about Kamara and Ingram status or have a good idea going into the slate itself. So yeah, Maddie, we could be looking at definite chalk there um, at the running back position, which again, there's so many other, like I'm normally, you know, I think it from an on paper standpoint, I guess, you know, you could probably talk yourself into it being a slam dunk play and maybe, you know, point per dollar wise, if you want to have exposure to them, that's great. But I think if there's any way that you can, you know, leverage your lineups to kind of get away from the field. And that that's kind of one where I kind of talked about going chalky. If you're, if the rest of your team hits, like that would be one where if I have, you know, a team that really is, you know, in the fold, in the mix going into that late game and I have one or two spots left and it's, you know, Tony Jones is one of them. I'm going to look for ways to pivot off of him and the chances that I dupe with somebody uh, that possibly has Tony Jones there. 
for sure. Yeah. And then I guess since I guess that's still a relative possibility, I think it's very low. With Kamara, if he plays, how would how how would you handle that? I mean, it's an MCL, uh, but the way that he's utilized in this offense and would need to be to keep them in the game against Buffalo, I'd I'd be willing to have some shares of him. Um, I'd, I'd play I'd play him over Zeke, to be honest. Oh, I would too, for sure. Just because of his pass catching involvement. Yeah. I just don't know, man. I, don't, I just really like Jacobs with the with just the way this slate breaks out. I really like Jacobs yeah. at pretty much no ownership. Uh, Montgomery obviously is probably the best point per dollar running back on the slate against Detroit, and then Swift. I mean, Swift is pretty much Kamara for for Detroit as well. Yeah. Um, and we know he's going to play, and he's cheaper than Kamara, so. I just I don't know I just have as much as I do like Kamara like I have a hard time putting him in my top three running backs yeah uh, this week with all things considered yeah and like I said I I don't think he's gonna play it doesn't sound too positive yeah he's going to play and so yeah um and so I I just want to hit on that really quick I want to just not talk about him at all so let's jump over to wide receivers I think we've pretty much beaten them the running back, uh, the running back horse to the death. So, let's go to wide receivers. And again, we've kind of hit on some of these guys already. But you have Stephon Diggs, who's seventy nine hundred on DraftKings. Ceedee Lamb, who's sixty nine hundred. And he's interesting too because, like, I, I've been trying to while you guys have talked, kind of look around and see if I could find. And there's so many differing reports. There's some people saying that you know the Cowboys yeah. feel like that he has been going through the meetings and everything with them, and that there's positivity coming out of Dallas. But then you also have the other side where people are saying, no, there's no chance he's going to play. But the hard part is, is like they're not really having practices. I mean, they're not yeah. out there having like a normal, right. normal practice, right? And so right. we don't really know. And so that's gonna be a situation we're just gonna have to monitor. And he's only sixty nine. But, but like Ryan said too, it's a concussion, right? It's 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 a black and white. Oh, line. for sure. But it's, it's either he's good to go or he's not because yeah. he still has to go through yeah. and do all the yeah. protocols and be able to hit all the marks for him to be able to get cleared. Yeah. And so yeah. if he's cleared in, oh yeah, you have no concerns whatsoever. Um, Anyways, so then you have Michael Gallup at 5,900. Darnell Mooney's 5,700. Hunter Renfro's 5,600. Ridiculous. Allen Robinson, I don't think he's going to play. He, he yeah. has been, what, DMP, DMP. both days, yeah. right? Yeah. Even though he's listed at questionable, I don't think he's going to play at 5,100. Marquez Calloway at 5K. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders at 4,800. Khalif Raymond, 4,600. Cole Beasley, who's also questionable at 4,500. Traquan at 4,400. Amon Ross at Brown at 4,200. Brian Edwards at 3,900. Marquise Goodwin at 3,800. And Deontay Harris, 3,700. Gabriel Davis, 3,600. Cedric Wilson, 35. I guess I'm just going to read the whole fucking list. <laughs> uh, and then uh, over, at, over at FanDuel, 8,300 for Diggs, 7,700 for Lamb. Darnell Mooney, 6,800. Well, that's that's uh, okay. Uh, Michael Gallup at 6,500. Seeing these prices throws me off. Um, 6,200 for Renfro. Trey Kwan Smith is 5,900. Emmanuel Sanders, 5,800. Marcus Collier, 5,700. <clears throat> Over on FanDuel. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Yeah. So, as far as the wide receivers are concerned, we already know that, that Stephon Diggs is going to be absolute chalk. We already know this. Um, and he probably should be because he has the highest upside of any wide receiver on this slate. He's one of the rare 40-plus upside wide receivers that you're going to have on the slate. CD probably could do it, but I don't have as much confidence, even when he's healthy, that he could hit that number like Stephon Diggs can. Hmm. Um, but past those guys, like I, I think that there's a lot of like, this is, I think, where you're going to win the slate could be in this this lower tier of wide receivers and getting this right. Because I think that there are a lot of wide receivers here like Khalif Raymond or Cole Beasley or Traquan Smith or Amon Ross St. Brown or Brian Edwards. All these guys, I think, are, are on some level in play. And like I've already mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown. I absolutely love him. Great matchup. Um, you know, and with Jared Goff back, it should help him as well. Chicago's been terrible against uh wide receivers this year. A lot of the, I think it's the seventh most fantasy for or DK points to the position. He's only 4,200. Yeah. But Marquis Goodwin, that's me planting a flag. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> love, love Marquis Goodwin at $3,800. I'm going to have a ton of Marquis Goodwin this week. He's my favorite value play. Wide receiver on this slate, only 3,800. I hate myself because I hate these older wide receivers, but um, I just think this is a great matchup for him. He is the deep threat in this offense. Uh, and I mean, we saw him last week, whatever he, you know, and, you know, in relief of, of Allen Robinson. Um, prior to this game, he only had, he was seeing about 2.7 targets per game, but he comes in this game, gets eight targets against Baltimore, four catches, 104 yards and a touchdown. I think he can house call a 60-yard bomb this week, and I just really like taking shots on on Marquise Goodwin. He's only 3,800. Um, so he's somebody that, that uh, I'm going to have a lot of exposure to in this game, especially considering he's going to be likely the number two wide receiver in this offense. Yeah. So, so Kev, what are your what what was your exposure to Valdez Scantling last week? I actually, you'd be proud. I actually had quite a bit of of MBS because okay. he was so cheap. Okay, because th- this this is a this is a Valdez Scantling play uh, to me, which which is fine. I mean, I I you know me, I love some MBS, love to ride that train. Um, it's uh, it's one of those where. I think he makes a ton of sense in game stacks in playing this environment. And he's a scary one-off play for me to have. Um, especially, especially on FanDuel because you kind of need the touchdowns to kind of break that way. And Cedric Wilson's kind of price wiped by him. Uh, I see the guys talking in the chat about Traquan Smith, um, who's only $500 more than him. Um, granted, the situation that happens there. So he'd be a scary play for me to have as a one-off considering that most of his equity is done on that deep pass. It can hit. Um, he could hit that long one. Um, but Mooney Mooney's share of, of this team. And that's even b- before it was. Oh field. yeah. 25% of a uh, 25% yeah. target. Be- yeah, before before fields. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dalton was targeting him too. 
um, even with A Rob running out there. I mean, Mooney has been this, he's been the dude. He's been, yeah, he's, been the, he's been the alpha. Um, so you know, that that's kind of where it starts for me with this. Oh, team. I love Mooney. Don't get don't get me wrong. I'm not saying right. that. I'm just saying Which, in terms of the value pay down guys, yeah, I, I absolutely love uh, Which is why I agree. Like if you if you're having Andy Dalton teams, like by, you definitely should be stacking him with a guy like Marquise Goodwin because of the price tag you're getting. You know you could pay for these guys. You're getting like 11k for three guys. You know 11, 12k for three guys if they pop off for 30 points. You know the, the Bears that is 30 points. These guys can hit in that spot, and you're feeling good. <clears throat> See, even if you don't. I don't. I still don't mind playing him by himself without, you know, without playing Andy Dalton because it's kind of like, it's kind of like obviously these are like not fair comparisons of the player, but like it's kind of like a Tyree Kill spot, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I have no problem playing Tyree Kill on his, on his own because Tyree Kill can can catch two deep balls and have 150 yards or two touchdowns, right? But maybe right. they get up big, right? And Patrick Mahomes doesn't really do much else past that. Because, you know, how efficient they are. Because especially on these deep passes, if you hit on that, then, you know, the rest of it very easily could go to David Montgomery, where Andy Dalton doesn't really do anything. So I have no problem taking shots on guys like this, especially with the deep ball uh, being in the range of possibility. Don't get me wrong. This is not a – I don't like Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney is probably probably my favorite point-per-dollar play at wide receiver. Like, in terms of, like, just because he's only 5,700 on DraftKings. And he's significantly mm-hmm. cheaper than Stefan Diggs, and his upside is definitely real. Uh, we just saw it last yeah. week with his ridiculous 16 so targets that he saw, even though he had five receptions, but still could have been so yeah. much more meat on the bone there in that game. But somebody like Marquise Goodwin, I have no problem playing. I don't think his ownership is going to be all that high. I think people are going to play Cedric Wilson. Uh, I think, you know, there's some other wide receivers that are going around him right here. And so I just really like Marquise Goodwin in this range of wide receivers. Yeah. And it, well, and, and by playing Marquise Goodwin too, I think you know even more so for the game environment aspect. Like we could definitely see the Bears be a conservative approach team here on Detroit. Like you know, we we got Andy Dalton in there, getting ready to you know he- head into you know bye week. Uh, let's just go out and grind out this win. No, no, don't know what's going on with the coach. Like those shots with Marquise Goodwin last week came because they they need they were forced to put up these points the crowds in the game you know were booing which you know trying to get up against this Tyler Huntley kid and they're taking those shots but what happens if the Bears go out there and like Montgomery gets going and you know Mooney gets going and they have a consistent lead they they might not need to take those shots which is why I'd be less apt to kind of take him on Would that because, be, because of how I'm playing if they can get the right game going we start working the play action. I mean, that's where things really open up for the deep ball is if you're, if, if, yeah. if they're able to get the running game going. Yeah. I mean, we know that the bears love to take these deep shots on, on first down, then run it on second and third as always, but if those <laughs> shots aren't, if those shots don't connect, love to see it. it's, it's going to be gross. I, you know, and, and the other thing too, Kev, like let's not forget, I mean, Jimmy Graham being into this offense with, with Andy Dalton back. I don't, I hate it. I don't like it, you know, let, let Cole Komet, you know, get some of this run, but they do run this guy in with, with Andy Dalton when he's out there. And like a lot of the stuff I feel like is just 10 yards or closer. Like it's it just, again, I, if I'm playing Andy Dalton teams, I want to have some exposure to Marquise Goodwin I, for my single entry teams and just how I'm playing the slate. He, he makes for a tough bet for me to get in on those, on those plays was all I was basically alluding to. Right. 
Maddie, what what gross wide receivers that make you want to puke are you looking at playing this week? <laughs> like, I mean, are you, you playing any of the Bears? Are the Bears any uh, any of the Lions wide receivers? Amon Ross St. Brown or Khalif Raymond? You know, Josh Reynolds. Are, are you are you going to try to get any of these guys? I know. Again, you're a one team guy, so you know you may not get down here into this into this into this group. But I mean, you have to have uh, interest in Josh Reynolds, right? Um, just from a you know, pure peripheral standpoint. I mean, he played 90% of the snaps last week in his first game with Detroit. And and like you guys mentioned, um, you know, he's got that connection with Jared Goff from, from being on the Rams together. Um, So, I mean, mid price, you have to have interest at least somewhat, but I mean, other than that, um, I mean, probably Cedric Wilson is the lowest I'll go at 3,500 on DraftKings. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's pretty much the wide receiver two if Lamb doesn't play, and the wide receiver three if he does. Uh, the I will say I would I would limit myself to only playing Wilson with Dak, uh, because the odds that Wilson gets there is probably the third or fourth option in the offense, and hits a ceiling is is if Dak is hitting his ceiling. Uh, I don't think Wilson. Wilson's not going to be like a an MBA, MBS or or Marquise Goodwin type of play where you know he can. I mean, he can hit on on one long play early, but I just think the odds that Wilson gets there are are significantly boosted in a game that Dak throws for you know 350 yards and four scores, um, as opposed to you know Dak only throwing you know if if they win by 28 points or whatever we've seen them win by, Dak only throws 28 times then think you're only looking at, you know, maybe three or four targets for, for Cedric Wilson and, you know, then his floor comes into play. So um, I would say, so I would say him with Dak, I would say Reynolds is interesting uh, as a one-off just because of his price and, and his pure amount of snaps on the field. Yeah. Um, I mean, outside of that, man, it's, uh, it's pretty gross at wide receiver down in the cheap range. I mean, no, Deshaun Jackson. No, nah, I I can't do it because they still involve they still involve Zay Jones deep, who's another mid price guy. Um, right, you have I'm, him. I will say with Deshaun Jackson, I mean it's only his second week and uh, yeah. third. Or sorry, it's supposed to be his third game with with the Raiders. He did go from seventeen percent snap share to thirty four percent snap share last week. He only still only ran eight routes, but <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, I I mean I, I would not be shocked if he hauled in a 60 yard touchdown, you know, but I think it's a thin play. It's not one that I would have like a lot, maybe yeah. a 5% play, yeah. you know, depending on how many lineups you're building. Um, I don't mind him uh, at this price. Like we already talked about with Derek Carr and, you know, his willingness to throw down field this year. Yeah. Uh, so I don't mind him as a play. And if, I mean, Cole Beasley, I think is going to play, but he was limited participant with the ribs injury. I've been playing Gabriel Davis. Uh, yeah, I, I played him <laughs> yep. two, two straight weeks. Uh, I continue to play him. Right, he's super cheap too. Uh, he's only thirty six hundred. Yeah, he's the, right there. My, in my issue. With, I was going to say my issue with Davis and why I didn't mention him is because Knox is back and they tended to run an insane amount of eleven personnel uh, while Knox was healthy. Um, and with Cole Beasley now being back to healthy, you know he ran. I think 30 routes 
uh, on Allen's dropbacks last week. And for reference, I think Diggs ran 36. So that just tells you that Beasley was starting to run, you know, whereas two weeks ago he only ran eight routes. Uh, mm. So it, it Beasley, you know, finally got back to his, his full role with uh, that rib issue. Um, and my concern with Davis is he's going to go back to, um, you know, being just a part-time guy with uh, Knox being back. I think Knox being out was was the biggest boost to to Gabe Davis um, in terms of playing time. But I mean, I mean, you can throw Davis in the same bucket you, you talk about Deshaun Jackson in, right? Yeah. A deep threat, speed yeah. guy that can Correct. you know yeah. he can hit a long touchdown. Yeah, yeah. or or, sh- or a short touchdown if they get in the red zone and yeah. he's he's getting equity there. I mean, this Buffalo team is. This team will pass and pass and pass, regardless of it being neutral game script or they're up or they're down. We've uh, seen wide receivers for Buffalo take end rounds too, like Mc- right, uh, yeah. Isaiah McKenzie. We've seen yep. him do it, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I think these all all these guys are are very similar. I think Reynolds would probably be the one guy that's you know got somewhat safe volume, uh, yeah. and that's solely because he's going to be on the field for pretty close to hundred percent of the snaps. Um, but yeah. it's the volume there. I mean, they, that game could be really slow with minimal pass attempts too. And so you're looking, I mean, he could see four targets himself and he's not really a deep threat. He's more of a possession receiver. Um, so at that point, I'd rather just kind of take these other guys and, and, you know, maybe Reynolds does pick up steam because, you know, a lot of people would like to talk about snap share and, and things like that. So Mm-hmm. Um, if he were to be chalk, I, that's something I would be a hundred percent off of. Um, well, for sure, I could go so many different directions. Yeah, I mean, even John, even even Jared Goff this year has been weird. I mean, he he is not like like with this with these pass catchers, he has not even been reliable in terms of on a week to week basis targeting. Like one week it's Khalif Raymond, the next week it's Amonase Brown, the next week it was Quintez Cephas before he went on IR. Like it, like he spreads the ball around so much that I don't think that. I mean, at 3K, obviously, and if he's going to be low-owned, then, yeah, I think he's definitely, you know, an option. But if he somehow got to be somewhat chalky, then, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, uh, you could definitely jump off that uh, that, 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 that trade, too. So, um, yeah. There's one guy that I, I'm not, probably not going to play him myself, but I'm just curious. Uh, I just, you know, looking through all, the, all these injuries and whatnot, I, you know, I just – the gears start turning and, and how offenses may, may change their approach or whatnot – if Ingram and Kamara out, uh, Deontay Harris is is rather cheap. I mean, mm. could he just f- fall into that sh- short check down role guy that, you know, the running backs have been taking on? Um, I mean, or is it, you know, do you think the running backs by committee like Montgomery and, and Tony Jones and those guys would, would take over? Or you, do you think we could see a spike in, you know, it would, it would obviously be short passes, but um, – could we see a spike in Deontay Harris targets and, and yeah, with, I, his, I, with his occasional deep target? I would, yes, I definitely, I definitely think that would be something they could do, kind of utilize the short passing game as an extension of the run. Yeah, uh, I think that would definitely be in play for Deontay Harris. I mean, that's kind of been his his thing this year. They haven't utilized him as much as a deep threat. Um, so yeah, I definitely think you could see a lot more opportunities for him, you know, in the short passing game, uh, just trying to get the ball out of their hands uh, there on that one. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I mean, he's only thirty seven hundred too, and I mean, he could realistically see eight nine targets in this game. Right. Yeah, he's fifty two hundred on Fanduel. I mean, he's he's kind of a he's a nice play leverage play um, from that game when you're talking about, especially if we get uh, 
like you were saying, Maddie, Tony Jones, like chalk week. I mean, if you play Deontay Harris, I'm looking at Tony Jones is 4,800. So like if you find 400 just to get up to Deontay Harris and you're looking at his games with Trevor Simeon, I hadn't even looked at these, but the targets have been there. That's that's an interesting yeah. leverage, leverage play. I like that. It, and, and with Traquan too, I think Traquan's catching steam already. I see people talking about him in the chat. Uh, so again, if he's going to even lose ownership to another guy in the receiving core on his own team, it's all awesome play. Yeah. And on the, on the Buffalo side, I will say really quickly, um, I am not worried whatsoever about, about Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore has been ass this year. I mean, he's been one of the worst corners in the league so far this year. Um, I would say he change at any time, but I mean, so far, he has already allowed 604 yards receiving, 17.3 yards per completion, wow. and 106.2 passer rating on the year. He has been awful so far this year. I mean, and for reference, all of last year, he only allowed 626 receiving yards, and the year before yep. that was 612. So after this game, he is going to pass this, and he is going to absolutely obliterate where he stands <laughs> right now in terms of receiving yards allowed. Um he has been, uh, like I said, just terrible this year. He's already allowed four touchdowns, 106.2 pass rating. So I don't care what Buffalo Bills wide receiver he's going to see because I want him to see them. Please put Stephon Diggs on Marshawn Lattimore all game so he can just take him to take him to church because uh, he's been awful. Yeah, that's interesting there. Those numbers are – those are atrocious. So I – yeah, I I like uh I like Manny Sanders this week. Um I think the, he's gonna be the forgotten guy, I think. He, yeah, he hasn't he, done anything in a while. Right. Well, he, neither is Beasley. Well, Beasley, uh, yeah, but Beasley's numbers have dropped, which doesn't surprise me once Knox came back. Uh, and his numbers really spiked with Knox out, and then with with Knox out, uh with Knox back, he has not been great. But Manny Sanders really hasn't been great in uh a little bit of time here. And so, and he is in that awkward range of price where he's 4,800. And there's wide receivers like, you know, even Hunter Renfro is not that far away from him. But, you know, he's kind of the lower tier of probably of these upper, of, of these, of these guys like Khalif Raymond or Cole Beasley or Traquan Smith, all these guys. He's kind of right in that range. Um, I don't mind playing. I mean, I, I think, I think he's a, you know, even <clears throat> I think getting leverage would be, fading Stefan Diggs and playing Emmanuel Sanders because of how ridiculous right. the, the uh, ownership is going to come in for Stefan Diggs. Yep. Like are, Maddie, what is Stefan Diggs projected ownership right now? Can, have you seen that? Uh, yeah, he's second. <clears throat> he's currently second behind Gallup, <laughs> which <laughs> is funny to me because Gallup is like six K and, and is coming in as a highest priced uh, or highest owned wide receiver. Um, I'm seeing now, so this has CD Lamb at 18%. Um, so, I mean, they are factoring in the fact that Lamb is playing. Um, and this goes back to everybody's just going to play Diggs. Right. Uh, and is, I guess, not going to play Lamb. Um, but this also, this has a uh, Gallup over 50%, and it's got Diggs right there at 50% as well. Yeah, so. I mean- uh, and then Sanders is 17 and Beasley 17. So it's, it's, you know, as of right now, it's, you know, S- Sanders and Beasley are the, are going to be the, the overlooked guys. 
Yeah, I mean, and you have to go back to week five, really, that that he's had a meaningful game. I guess maybe even week six where he had 14, but past and that he had zero, 10.5, 7.1, 5.6. But it all kind of coincides as well with just how bad the Bills' offense has been lately. But what's interesting with that is the week week six is when Knox got hurt. That's the last game Knox played. So, like, mm. it's like the Bills' offense hasn't done shit uh, since Knox had been out. And so, like, Beasley did have – He's got a 15, a 21, and a 24 or something uh, yeah. in, in weeks one through six with Knox in. And, I mean, same with Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he's got a 26, a 13, a 20, and a 14. So, when they had Knox in there, I guess just because of the efficiency that opens up across the middle of the field, um, I, it seemed to help the, the rest of the team. So, maybe that's, you yeah. know, maybe that's something – that people aren't catching up on because Knox just came back. Is this his – has this he had one or two games game back? back? Second third game, game back. back. Right? Oh, third? I think this should be his third game back. I think you're right. Yeah, he played week 10. He only yeah. saw one target, but he saw 10 targets okay. last week. Um, but the, I mean, the air yards have been there still, though, for Manny Sanders. Like, that hasn't yeah. really been the problem. I mean, yeah. outside of last week, he only had 38, but – Week 10, he had 78. Week 9, he had 107, 108 against Miami, 178 against Tennessee. Like, the air yards have been there. Like, that really hasn't been a problem. Um, yeah. They just really haven't been connecting. He also has 17 deep targets on the air, which is eighth. And his uh, average target distance is 17.4, second among all wide receivers. So, there's a lot to like with Emmanuel Sanders here. In this, uh, you know, and if, like I said, I, if you want like, to get a little bit different – I don't mind going like Emmanuel Sanders and Dawson Knox versus not taking Stefan Diggs to get a little bit different. And Sanders is uh, Sanders is game script proof, right? I mean, he can get there on yeah. his six to eight targets, whether they're you know up by forty or you know whether it's a shootout, um, because of the nature of his deep targets. I mean, he's seeing a hundred air yards a game on his minimal five point whatever targets he's getting. Uh, so I mean, yeah. you know, you're. It doesn't matter what Buffalo does when you play Emmanuel Sanders. You need a shootout pretty much for Beasley to get there. The only game he didn't get there, or the only game that it wasn't really a shootout was the Washington game where they won by like 25. Uh, and Beasley saw a ridiculous 13 targets for whatever reason that game. Okay. Um, but, I mean, every other game that Beasley's got there, you know, either Buffalo either lost or it was a high-scoring back-and-forth fair. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the Sanders call. I, I've been playing Emmanuel Sanders for the last – handful of weeks myself and, and it hasn't worked out but um i mean this bill's offense is one of the best in the nfl and i'm not surprised a, you guys haven't brought up the revenge game narrative i, I mean, was just gonna say yep right. yeah, <laughs> we gotta talk about the revenge game yep. no stranger to new orleans baby in the dome thank you cap yep yep man and again you know i mean you know with these two with these two games going late i mean you know we can talk about revenge and all these other narratives and things of that nature. But the fact of the matter remains is that Dallas needs a win at home and Buffalo desperately needs a win here on the road against the saints. I mean, they need to, they need to pull out all the stops that they can to get this win. So like, you know, from a DFS standpoint and how I, you know, my process or whatever, it's just, let me just find the teams who are good and, you know, you need to go out there and, and, you know, do, do something, you know, because I don't, I don't need to necessarily go in with these question marks necessarily with Chicago and Detroit. Like when I have, 
so much equity that can be had in these other two games where people don't want to play them. And we know that, you know, people are going to jam in digs. So like we're getting Zeke and digs, we're getting lamb and digs. Like, and if you don't want to play Sanders, I mean, come on now. Like the, he, he's shown us before that he has, you know, huge upside in these games in those games where Sanders is hitting, like that's not digs hitting as well too. That's at the expense of digs. So you have the ultimate leverage spot right there. If he's scoring twice, like that's just, going to be huge leverage off of Diggs lineups. I agree. Um, do you have any other wide receivers you want to talk about or do you want to jump over to tight ends? I'm good. We can, I think we can go to tight ends. So at tight ends, we have Darren yeah. Waller at 6,400, Dalton Schultz at 53, TJ Hawkinson at 5,200, Dawson Knox, we just talked about it, only 4,400. Sad to see Adam Troutman go on IR. He finally takes off, and then he goes on IR. Cole Komet <laughs> at 3,700. Frank Moreau at 2,900. Then, like I said, the rest of them, you know, maybe Juwan Johnson at 2,600. I guess you could talk about him because he may end up being the, you know, next man up there for New Orleans. But at tight end, like, are we just playing Darren Waller or Dalton Schultz and logging out? Or or Dawson Knox, I guess, would be the other guy that would be involved in that? Yeah, Dawson Knox, at least on FanDuel for me, like I'd only want to play him in in, in game stacks, t- to be honest. I mean, I, I know the 10 targets are going to keep him there, but he's he's 5,900 and Dalton Schultz is 6,000. Like, I'm just going to play Dalton Schultz more often than not if their prices are the same um, right there in that range to just generate a coming in. And again, Zach is going to be kind of where I started the quarterback position. So, and Maddie always talks about it. I've kind of come on at the beginning of this year, late last year, like just play your play your stack uh, with the quarterback, with the tight end position. Yeah. I mean, so much has been made this year. I've seen a lot of people in the industry like TJ uh, Hernandez, who's a friend of the pod and, and things of that nature, just talking about these Millie stacks where guys are taking the tight end uh, with the quarterback. And so I'm much rather apt to go there. Um, I do think that, if TJ Hawkinson is going to go overlooked, like I'm going to have to look hard at this guy because we do get Jared Goff back now after it's been the the Boyle show. And he had, you know, kind of had some up and down games there, but did start out the season strong um, and had eight targets in this first game against the Bears. Didn't really get there. Neither did Swift. But, you know, in an environment, if we can, you know, the way that people are going to guess on a Detroit wide receiver potentially. And I'm fine with taking TJ Hawkinson there. Like he has the ability to match what Waller puts up and outscore Schultz um, on a slate like this, when you're talking about three games and I'm just curious to see what his ownership will be uh, knowing that he is going to go in that first, first game there. Um, I I have to imagine it's going to be lower than the other two, but still kind of high. Um, so, and, and again, I'm playing Montgomery pretty much everywhere. So that does give me a mini kind of stack that I can talk myself into again, without having to guess on the pass catcher. Um, Waller is Waller chalk is one that I just always avoid. Um, and on the three game slate, I know that can kind of be, it, it kind of feels like maybe bad process and I will have some exposure to him, but I, people just tr- treat him. We talked. I talked about this at the beginning. Like they treat him like Kelsey, and it just is not the same to me. I mean, in the range of outcomes, I guess you could probably talk me into where it could be there. But those explosive games just happen so less often than the field is going to give it credit for. 
Um, and you're looking at his price tag, like again on FanDuel, he's 7,300. Like Hawkinson is 6,1. That's $1,200. Schultz is 6,000. I mean, even Dawson Knox at 5,9. I'm not necessarily apt to play him so low, you know, without Josh Allen. But if I find a way, you know, to kind of get exposure, I mean, Waller is just so scary to have at the highest own percent for me. And I know it is a three game slate and I'm not necessarily talking. I'm not going to try and talk anybody else off of not playing him, but he's one of those plays like where you look back on and I'm like, damn, what did I just spend my salary on, you know, for him? Because if he goes out and just gets, you know, 10, 12, 13, like that's, that could potentially just not be enough on the slate. Granted, where things are coming in at with salary. Like you're, you're just not going to be happy with that. You're playing him. And like, we just had Kelsey at this similar price tag on FanDuel, which was absolutely egregious. I think he was 7,500. Like that dude has legit 30 point upside every time he steps on the field because of the target share that he's seen. And Derek Carr, he's, he's apt to throw it. Hey, I got Zay Jones. I got, I got uh Hunter Renfro. I got Brian Edwards. Oh, I got Kenyon Drake and, Josh Jacobs out of the backfield. Like, I'm just taking what the defense gives me. I'm not forcing it to anybody. Um, and, and this Dallas defense, you talked about it, Maddie, just being as stout as they were, you know, as much as they tried to contain Kelsey and to an extent, they kind of did, you know, and just were saying, you know, we can take this piece, uh, oh, you know, contain him somewhat. I mean, they did a pretty decent job, all things considered, last week. The offense just couldn't get anything going. So, again, you have a one focal point here for the Dallas team at home. Hey, we just got to stop Darren Waller for going crazy on us and keep everything in front of us. And, like, yeah, Hunter Renfro, he might get there on catches, and we can allow some stuff to Josh Jacobs over, you know, underneath. But I think they're just going to commit to not letting Waller get loose, and that's what makes me – want to avoid him on even on a three game slate because of the ownership. I think that's, you know, you got to make, you got to make stands to a certain extent on three game slates. And I think my stands as they start right now are, you know, playing the Dallas passing attack as well as the Dallas defense, which we'll talk about fading Zeke because I'm playing the Dallas passing attack and then fading the ultimate run back option on that team, which is Darren Waller uh, from the other side and just figuring it everything else out from the slate yeah i i tend to agree uh for this slate i I think the the chalky build from that that dallas vegas game is going to be zeke on one side and and waller on the other um and so you can be completely different by leveraging that game and and not playing either playing the running back for the raiders and jacobs and then playing the passing attack on dallas and and you're, you're flipping the script on the chalk build uh for that game so yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think I'm not going to end up with Waller despite loving that game the most, um, which is kind of weird. But um, we've got three other tight ends, and I'm not going to get cute and play any of these guys like Cole Komet or anything like that. It's just yeah. these four tight ends at the top are just way too involved in their offenses that it just it doesn't make sense to play a guy that's going to see, you know, four targets or, you know, right. Komet gets seven targets and, and only catches two of them because, you know, that, that offense just isn't very good. So – um, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to overthink tight end this week. It's it's the top four guys for me, Waller, Hawkinson, Schultz, and uh, Knox. And I'm going to play one of them and most likely Schultz to, to pair with Dak. And like you yeah. said, Ryan, it's just, you know, just don't think overthink it. Play your tight pair your tight end with your QB because, I mean, you know, a lot of the times where does the touchdown equity come from? 
comes from the tight end position when they get down and close, right? You got play actions and uh, out of jumbo formations and, you know, mismatches with a linebacker and things like that. And that's a big reason why, you know, the tight ends always do well when the quarterbacks do well um, throwing touchdowns is because the tight ends are so involved uh, down in the red zone. So um, I, I probably will just end up playing Schultz. Um, I don't hate on three game slates. I don't hate double tight end, especially when you've got guys like Hawkinson that can go for 25 uh, as like a extended wide receiver. Um, So you know, I, I don't hate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and Hawkinson's interesting too. Uh, if you think, you know, the bears get out early with Monty, you know, maybe Monty has one of those traditional 60 yard opening drive, uh, opening drives and, and scores a touchdown. And all of a sudden Monty's got you 12 points on the opening drive and the bears have a seven zero lead and Detroit's yeah. got to throw out of the gate and uh, Hawkinson, you know, he's going to be golf's favorite target. So, um, you know, that, that mini stack is definitely interesting. So, uh, yeah, again, long-winded, long-winded way to say, I'm not going to overthink tight end. I'm just going to play one of the top four guys. Love that. Love that. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, I think Hawkinson, you know, if he catches a touchdown in that first game, it, it, it feels gross to say, but you're kind of sweating. Like I would be kind of sweating. Yeah. Cause he's like, got, he's got a hundred yard upside. Yeah. If he if he starts popping off like that's gonna feel that's gonna feel like it hurts if you didn't if you yep. didn't play him so you know I, I think that's kind of just where I gotta I gotta figure out where I'm getting my exposure to because I do want to play Schultz Maddie with uh, Dax so I might have to look at some some two tight end builds there um, where I can have Hawkinson especially because... especially on Fanduel where touchdowns are uh, right touchdowns are weighted heavier the two tight end build I think is more. Exactly. More logical on FanDuel than it is on DraftKings. Yeah, we're not talking about a guy like, you know, Dawson. I mean, Dawson Knox to a certain extent, but like some of these, like Cole Komet, you know what I'm saying? Where like, you know, Cole Komet goes out there, this kid, 50 and a touchdown. You're like, all right, shake his hand, Cole Komet. That's great. But like if Hawkinson goes out there, he catches one, dare I say two touchdowns, you know what I'm saying? Like you are kicking yourself because that is a total play that just absolutely makes sense. I mean, involved as a receiver, in line, you know, out, out wide, he can line up as well. Secondary can't stop anything. Where is Jared Goff going with the ball? I mean, that's one where you're just like, you look at the back back end of the slate and you're like, how did I not have more of TJ Hawkinson than I did? Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, he gets eight to 11 targets most games at the right. tight end position. Right. And he's going to go overlooked. Like the the ownership, it's it's Waller and Schultz up top. And then Hawkinson checks in third. Yeah, sure. I mean, and he's a guy that hasn't really done a whole lot. Really, you have to go way back to like week two. I mean, for him to have right. a big game. Um, yep. So, yeah. yeah I, I and, 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 and even his non-big games have been 11, 19, 11, 15 over the last five weeks. So, like, his his mediocre games have been enough that he's not going to kill you on a three-game slate, too. But he's got that. We've seen that 24-point upside. Yeah, and I, I mean, I agree, too, kind of what you guys are saying, too, about Waller is I feel like Waller is either if, – if you play him, he's either going to be – you know, he's going to pay off because he's going to go off or – because he could, even, he could be the highest scoring tight end on the slate and still not be worth the price yep. and not and not be in the optimal. Because yep. if he scores, let's say, 14, he's the highest price uh, tight end. But you have Dawson Knox who scores 10 
or 12, well, right. obviously that big, that, that big enough price difference is just so huge that he's not in the optimal and he's not, he's not worth the price. So Darren Waller has to smash for him to pay off at, at that price that's uh, above six K price tag that Darren Waller carries. So, yeah. Um, you know, we say all this and, you know, you know, while we don't talk about the chat and exactly what I was going to say is watch Juwan Johnson go out and catch two touchdowns. <laughs> that ain't, three, that three ain't three happen again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, three, three targets, two touchdowns in week one. Yeah. He, get out of here. Well, I mean, Adam Troutman's gone, so I mean, it opens things up a little bit more. And well, he was he gone in week one, wasn't he? Or did he play week one? Yeah, he played. He played yeah. But regardless, um, but yeah, I, I think I would agree. I think we're all kind of in agreement here. You know, just kind of play the top four guys, yeah. uh, mix them in, and let's jump over to defense as we as we cross past the two hour mark, like uh, typical <laughs> DFS DJ Nation. Um, yes, sir. So, you know, we only have obviously six options here. You have the Cowboys at 3,300, the Bills at 31, the Bears at 3K, the Saints at 2,900, the Lions at 2K, and the Raiders at 2,400 along with the Lions. And you jump over to FanDuel and you have the Bears at 5K, the Bills at 4,500, the, the, uh, the Cowboys at 4K, the Saints at 3,800, the Lions at 37, and the Raiders at 35. I'm just think I'm going to play the Lions at 2400. Um, we've talked about them in the past as an option that you could that you could use. They do a pretty good job at getting to the quarterback. Their their adjusted sack rate is is pretty nice as well. And you know if you can force Andy Dalton to make a bad decision and throw an interception, like I don't mind going with uh and or with this option here with um, with Detroit at 24 2400 on on DraftKings. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I'll I'll just will play Dallas, I think. Um, as as much as we talked about that game environment and how much I, I like it, I am willing to just say that, you know, I'm not playing Waller. Uh, I'll probably have little of Josh Jacobs and or Hunter Renfro. They're pieces that could go off. Like, I'm just going to say it, they make life miserable for Derek Carr, who they haven't been able to get anything going with rugs. Um, they're, the Dallas defense is egregiously mispriced um, on – Fanduel, but where they're coming in at? I mean, I'll I'll just play them every every time and just and just log out. They're such an opportunistic defense, which feels weird feels weird to say after so many slates of of having Dallas over the years on the Degen Nation bot, as Maddie could probably attest to as well too. But they they are they are an explosive defense, getting to the quarterback, making life miserable, secondary making plays. I'm gonna bet on them to take a touchdown to the house and just log out with them. Yeah. On, on FanDuel looks like Dallas is only 300 more than the lions. Uh, right. And they're less than the bears and the bills. So I think that makes yeah, a the, ton of sense. The bears are the top defensive play on the slate on FanDuel at 5k. No, thank Yeah. I actually like the bears on DraftKings, uh, where they're 3k and only 600 more than the lions and Raiders who are men, pri- men price for this slate. At 2,400, um, the Bears quietly rank second in adjusted sack rate. Uh, yeah, they're, they've been getting a ton, racking up. They a ton get of a sacks. lot of sacks, and they've got what ten in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, whether it's golf or Tim Boyle, <laughs> I mean, if it's Tim Boyle, mm-hmm. the Bears are going to be pretty much 40 percent owned, right? Uh, right. And I, I'm just really not going to care. 
Uh, I, think, I think they named the starter uh, of golf already. Is it golf? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe that lowers the the ownership on the Bears, and you know, yeah, definitely. We know we know how many mistakes golf can make, and uh, this game, it is in the dome in Detroit, but uh, I still like the pressure the Bears have been getting on the quarterback has been a very encouraging sign uh, for how turnover prone Jared Goff can be. So. Uh, if I need the 600, I will play the Lions on the other side. Uh, just because I'm, I may end up with a build that's both Swift and Montgomery together as a mini. Um, and if that's the case, you know, it doesn't really matter which defense you, you play for correlation. Um, I just, I think my defense is going to come from that game. Okay. Which is going to be chalky, but that's fine because the rest of my build is not going to be chalky for all the reasons we've talked about for the last two hours and six minutes and 24 seconds. Right. All right. Well, we have come to the time where we build a lineup, but I think for the first time ever, we should build a DraftKings and a FanDuel lineup. Let's do it. Which would be the first time we've ever done this. Uh, It's always been DraftKings, but since we are in the, the, you know, the, the spirit of inclusion, we are and including <laughs> FanDuel on this slate. Let's build both. So let's start with the FanDuel lineup, which is going to be different for me because uh, I am not a big FanDuel player. But let's do it. Let's build this lineup. Oh, yeah. So, Ryan, you are a team FanDuel. And be sure, by the way, to go check out Ryan's work over at FanDuel where he's just crushing it. Everybody's just following following along as, as he's just hammering it every single week. You know how we do. It's been weird. Like I've actually like like news stories for like Kansas City has popped up and I'll, I'll click on it and all of a sudden like uh you know they have the ads and it's a video with Ryan. But I'm like <laughs> what is going on here? I'm trying to look at the news and I got Ryan's Fandle uh you know videos popping up. So kudos to you. But kick us off Appreciate it. with this lineup. Uh let let's go let's go David Montgomery, seventy five hundred. Early game exposure. All right, Maddie, Dak. So it's back to you, Ryan. Oh shit! What did you say? I missed it. <laughs> uh, I said let's lock in Darnell Mooney, sixty. Oh damn! I didn't, I didn't hear that either. Oh, okay. Did you mute, Kev? Maybe I maybe I did on accident. Okay. So, yeah, I Darnell Mooney, sixty eight hundred. Uh, so we have Damn. Dak Prescott. Okay, here we go. David Montgomery and Darnell Mooney. All right, let's get weird here, boys. Let's go. Uh, let's go. T.J. Hawkinson at tight end. Uh, my run back for the Dak stack will be Josh Jacobs. Man, I wish we knew if C.D. was going to play or not. Let's assume he's in. Yeah. Assume All he's right. In then I'm going to lock in CD Lamb. So that leaves 5,667 remaining for a wide receiver, a flex set of defense. You know what? This is FanDuel. We're looking for touchdowns, Maddie. I'm going to move your Jacobs play to the flex and let's play Swift at 8K as well. It's got tight rather quickly. Mm hmm. What, uh, what defense are we wanting to play? And let's pivot from there. Let's do uh let's just do I guess 
we can't do Marquise good when we've already got Mooney and, and Montgomery. I'm not playing three uh, Bears. Let's just throw Deontay Harrison at 5,200, which leaves the bottom three defenses. Saints, Lions, Raiders. So, I guess Lions. Lions. Um, I mean, we have no Bills on this team, so I guess Saints would be correlated with the build. Well, because we're also – we've got yeah. two Bears and a Lions. Two Lions. So, we're kind of game stacking Chicago-Detroit. So, I'm not sure – Lions do would make a ton of sense. Yep. No, that's fair. Yeah, I would just say be, the Saints be nice since leverage. we have no Buffalo. That that's nice leverage on what the field will be doing. Kevin's muted again. Damn what are you doing, Kev? Dak, so on this one, we got Dak Prescott, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, Darnell Mooney, CeeDee Lamb, Deontay Harris, TJ Hawkinson, Josh Jacobs in the flex, and the Saints defense. With zero dollars remaining over on FanDuel. So let's jump over okay. to the old DraftKings. Maddie, you start this one off. Dak. Okay. <laughs> Maddie's all in on the Cowboys this weekend. They owe him. They do owe you. The Cowboys owe me a lot of money this weekend. This week. They do owe you. That would be that would be a great Thanksgiving gift. So on this one, I'm going to lock in the uh, Manny Sanders at 4,800. Love it. Ooh, he's Love so it. cheap. Oh Throwing throw, throw Monty at 55 too, too cheap, or whatever he is over there. 6K. 6K, still too cheap. Uh, I'm doing the same run back, Josh Jacobs. I, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna flag plant flag plant. Jacobs scoring multiple touchdowns in, in Dallas production this through the year. I'm going to go with <clears throat> TJ Hawkinson at tight end. Ooh, okay. So what do we got right now, Kev? We have Prescott, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Manny Sanders, and TJ Hawkinson with 5,300 remaining for two wide receivers of flex and a defense. 5,300, okay. What's CD? Uh, he's 69. We can play him. Let's put him in. All right. Maddie, wide receiver, flex defense, 4,700 remaining. Um, let's double stack Dak uh, with Cedric Wilson. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Schultz. Hold on. Yeah, I actually do like the uh, the double tight end idea. Let me see. Um, Does that give us... I'm fine with Wilson too because of the set. I just thought. Well, let me put it this way: so if we, so with what we have left, if we played the Bears at 3K, which makes sense with David Montgomery. So if you play Wilson, you still $7,800 with Wilson. That would be $7,800, which you could pretty much at that point play whatever you wanted um, outside of Diggs and Zeke. But so you can go, if you go Wilson, you can go Diggs and Lions. And if you go, uh, if you don't want to go Lions, you want to go Bears, you can play Swift. Or, but if, you play, not, if we didn't play Wilson, you'd be playing Schultz because I think you need two, um, which would then leave you with forty five hundred per. And so then you're looking at uh, Gallup would be the highest price. So Gallup or Renfro. 
plus Schultz is your 2v2. So pretty much – Yeah, I don't Renf- mind Renfro, but that's not Renfro and Schultz versus Diggs and Wilson or Swift and Wilson is pretty much what you're looking at. The, the the tough thing is talking yourself into Diggs and Manny both getting there right? and not having Allen. We can play Swift, but we also have Hawkinson on this team. Right. I honestly like the, the Schultz and Renfro. R- R- Renfro is just beautiful. Expo- I mean, I guess we have we would have the ultimate stack there too, right? Because we have Jacob, so yeah, yeah, R- full game Renf- Renfro leverage off of Waller. Yep. See, Walido, this is what happens on a weekly basis when I'm trying to build my own teams. <laughs> is I get stuck <laughs> in a two freaking two v two because I only get to build one or one or two teams a week, and it's uh, these these. I mean, these what? like these decisions are tough, right? Because you've got on one like it's two completely different builds, and uh, between you know Schultz and Renfro, that's two you know kind of lower ceiling guys, but on a three game slate, they've got higher floors. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you got Cedric, Cedric Wilson, who if if CD Lamb plays, which we have him in our build, uh, I mean Wilson legit could only get you know maybe four or five targets, uh, but then you're able to start jam in a stud with uh, Swift or or Diggs on the other side of that two v two. So I mean it, it's a it's a lot right. of give and take that you know can be frustrating, at times especially when, especially on the small slate. I mean this yeah. is a a difference maker. It's the margin of error is so small yeah. on a small yeah. slate. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do this. So this one's Dak, Montgomery, Jacobs, Manny, CD, Renfro, Hawkinson, Schultz, and Bears with $400 left over. Love it. I like it. So, I mean, obviously we'd have to make some change, serious changes here. If CD's out, that would change the way we do this. But um, but as of right now, we're going to lock this in. We'll see what happens with CD. So we got a FanDuel lineup for the first time ever on the DFS. DJ Nation with the FanDuel lineup build. And then we also have the DraftKings lineup build as well. Be sure to jump over to our free Discord. And, you know, if we have any changes we need to make, I'm sure we'll be talking about some different stuff in there as well. Also, I do want to mention, I should have mentioned this at the top for the people that are still sticking around after a two-hour and 20-minute pod, <laughs> is this week we will not be doing a main slate show. We could not make it work for our schedule. We tried to, be and Maddie. Uh, try to figure it out if we can make it work. But, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, family, and all that stuff, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people also, you know, do stuff other than just Thanksgiving Day and everything else. So we tried to make it work. We could not. But what we're going to do is, if you're in our Discord, we are going to put out our plays for the week over on our Discord channel um, this weekend, and we'll put those out there. And then we'll be back on our normal time for the rest of the year on Thursdays. But this one week, we just couldn't make it work. Um for the time, but we did get want to get this in. So, you know, we gave you two and a half, almost two and a half hours of a pod <laughs> here on this one to make up for it. Cause you know, we were doing really good with keeping them under an hour, hour and 15 minutes. Uh, but you know, so is life. But like I said, be sure to jump into our discord. It's absolutely free. I will put a link to it in the show notes, or you can go over to our YouTube channel and it's in every single one of the videos. Just click the description. It's right in there. It's absolutely free. It costs you nothing. And again, whether you play, you know, whether you play DraftKings whether or whether you play DraftKings, whether you play Redraft, DFS, Dynasty, it does not really matter. There is something for everybody over there, and it is always going on. Whether There's always people in there chatting. It has been awesome for us to build this year uh, for our community. That's what we really wanted to do. 
Uh, we tried it with Slack. It, it was okay, but it didn't really work out the way we wanted to. But with Discord, it's been amazing. And everybody in there has been truly helpful. And it's a really good community in there. And like I said, it doesn't really matter what, what brand of fantasy football you play. There is something in there for you. And so, uh, again, we will be putting all of our all of our plays for this week uh, over on our Discord uh, for everybody. So um, just we just weren't able to get to the, the main slate out this week. Um, regardless, it'll be okay. We'll be back next week on our normal time on Thursday nights to bring you the goodness. This season's already flown by. We're at Thanksgiving. Uh, we only have like six, seven weeks left of the regular season. And we're on to playoff football, which is also something I absolutely love for, for DFS. And hopefully we can get Ryan back for the playoff DFS uh, shows as well, because that will be good times as always. I love those shows too. So Ryan, I truly appreciate you coming on and keeping the tradition alive. We tried, I tried honestly, whatever I could to get Derek. I worked on him all day <laughs> to try to get him to come join us. I gave him a guilt trip. I gave everything I could but he's a busy guy and had a lot of stuff he needed to take care of for the people that he does uh, content for over at FTN. So uh, I could not get him on. So maybe we'll maybe get him on for the playoffs, something like that, if we can make that work. But anyways, Ryan, I really appreciate you joining us yeah, uh, as always. Pleasure to be here as always, man. It was it was fun chopping it up. It wouldn't be wouldn't be a pod of Thanksgiving without us almost hitting the 2.30 mark. Uh, for three games, which breaks down to whatever that is, 45 minutes per per game. Uh, you got to love that. But yeah, man, we uh, we love getting after it here uh, on the DGen Nation pod for the Thanksgiving slate. Love everybody in the chat. Uh, I'm in the Discord. Kevin Maddie got me in, so I'll be in the Discord as well too, chatting it up with you guys. Um, we didn't we didn't talk about the meals, but I'm 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 looking forward to getting after some stuffing and mac and cheese um oh yeah we can't we can't get out of here without that See, hopefully hey, yeah that's why we got you, you know, that's, why, that's why you were the goat host okay you kept a, <laughs> you kept everything in line uh so yeah really quickly what what are your go-to sides what, what are you looking forward to what's on your plate what's on your ideal plate for thanksgiving this this thursday yeah i mean definitely definitely got to go with i mean i'm a, I'm a stuffing truther yes uh, lo- love it people talk about it uh, you know they they get a sour taste in their mouth they say oh you know it's only one time of the meal or whatever that's what i love about stuffing is like you get it on thanksgiving it just makes it feel like thanksgiving you get it out of the bird you don't get it separate um love that i'll have some cranberry sauce on the side mac and cheese mashed potatoes um wife's family does green bean casserole absolute favorite of mine uh the sides are just the absolute goat um, and, and, you know, you got to have I see the turkey there uh, on the on the graphics. I love 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 some turkey. Uh, but you got to have some ham, too, as well. I'm I, know a ham think, guy. I know yes. people think of it for just Christmas, but no. I love having both. I love having a turkey and ham option uh, for Thanksgiving as well. Yeah, we actually we have ham, ham and turkey, but I, I'm a ham guy myself. And then uh yeah. Part of the family does brisket for Christmas. So uh, I've got, yeah, we've got a couple different meats uh, at the different holidays, but as far as sides, yeah, I love stuffing. Um, And then we've got a really good homemade mac and cheese. Um, I mean, it's hard, you know, hard to get away from, you know, the mac and cheese, but I will, I will also say uh, my grandmother who has turned it over to my brother, uh, homemade gravy. Uh, that is clutch, and that that goes Ooh. on pretty much everything on my plate. 
uh, I just douse everything in, in the homemade gravy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so definitely looking forward to that. <clears throat> I am 1000% team ham. I am not a big fan of turkey. Like a uh, smoked turkey is pretty good, but like overall, like your traditional put in the oven turkey, it's not my thing. I, it's dry. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just not very flavorful. It's not my thing. I love ham. I, I, it's yeah. I, ham for yes. Thanksgiving, ham for Christmas. Like I absolutely love ham. So ham is definitely on there. Um, sweet potato casserole, I absolutely love. That goes on it's there. A good one. Mac and cheese is amazing. Mac potatoes, all those stuff is great. But gotta have the ham and the sweet potato casserole. Yes. Those are like my two things I look forward to the most. Does your sweet potato casserole have marshmallows on top? It does not. It like it's. Oh. Uh, do you guys? Are you, I don't know if you guys have them there, but like Ruth Chris, have you ever heard of the yeah. restaurant Ruth Chris? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my mom actually Fancy. years ago got the recipe for Ruth Chris's sweet potato casserole, and that's what she makes. So it's it's got like uh, cinnamon and like brown sugar yeah. and like nuts and everything. All it, it's amazing, and so I absolutely like look forward to that every single year. So that sounds really good. That's what so I'll be good. eating and then watching football. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. So I am uh, looking forward to that. So yeah, we had to get this in. I, I you know I almost messed up and and we didn't get to talk about you know what we're looking forward to when, when it comes to that. So. I got Anyways, that. listen, it's it's been a it's been a rough, you know, year and a half, two years for everybody, you know. So let's try to enjoy this holiday. Everybody enjoy spending time with your family if you can. Um, you know, so you know, something to be thankful for. You know, you guys should all, you know, just be thankful that we're here and that we're you know, we're able to play this stupid game that that, that we love playing, uh, you know, of, of, of TFS. Uh, you know, we have it pretty easy compared to a lot of other people. So um, you know, I appreciate everybody. I appreciate all of the support we get through YouTube, through Discord, through our community. It's been absolutely amazing. Um, you know, a lot of this is a lot of hard work, a lot of stuff people don't see. So I appreciate everybody behind the scenes for the stuff we do because a lot of the stuff is staying up till 2 a.m. editing videos and editing <laughs> content. And no, nobody ever sees that stuff. No, nobody ever, uh, you know, you don't get thank, thanks for those sorts of things, which is fine. This is why we do this. But Regardless of that, I appreciate everybody at TFA. I appreciate all the the contributors, the people that make the content. Cody, Co- I could not do this without Cody. Cody is the fucking man. He helps me uh, in terms of uh, you know editing content, creating content. Uh, I still feel like I spend more time talking to him than I do anybody else, even my own even my own family because me and him are always on doing this stuff or or editing and everything else. So, regardless of that, I want to thank everybody else. Ryan, I appreciate you uh, jo- joining us again. Uh, you are always yeah, TFA family. Maddie, absolutely appreciate you. Love doing this with you every single week. With that being said, hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Let's win some fucking money this week. I want to see somebody beat a fucking yes, tournament sir. here. Can and- we can we get a Ryan we out? That's what I was just about to say. <laughs> and Ryan, we cannot get out of here. We try to do it, but it just doesn't, you know. It just doesn't sound good. Okay. We're, we're, we don't got that smoothness that you got. So as we get out of here, Ryan, send us home. Get us out of here. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to, you guys got to make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel as well for the Fantasy Authority. So you get all this fantasy goodness and content. Hop over to the Discord. Like Kev said, you can hit him up, hit Maddie up. If you guys aren't already following the Godfather on Twitter, that's Fantasy Raft 13, where you can find the TFA Godfather himself, Mr. Kevin Steele. Maddie 2v2. Maddie gets buckets. Maddie DFS is where you can find Maddie Dickinson on Twitter and myself. 
Ryan Williams. You can find me on Twitter at RyanAlexander underscore W. Guys, we're signing off for the Thanksgiving slate to the TFA family, you and yours. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Get this money. Peace. We out. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Suck it. You can tell me what to do. Know who you're talking to. But you better get used to the way the war bounces. I see what you got. Inventions and ounces. But that's a break, boy. You're a big man <laughs> Treat you like you're a little man Don't tell me what it's like To be half a man It must break your heart To see what I am what? That's a break, boy Tell me what to do You know who you're talking to special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.